0: Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Street Champs. Quick shout-out to our sponsors, Rocky Mountain Blaze and Big Bear Wine & Liquors. Anything we're smoking on, I'm smoking from Rocky Mountain Blaze, and anything we're drinking, we're drinking from Big Bear. Yeah. All right, today I got rising country superstar and Pueblo native Cody Kaz in the
1: building tonight. What's happening, boys?
0: Hell yeah, bro. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm fuck, real good. Fuck yeah.
1: Thank you for having me. For I appreciate sure, man. it, Big Bear. Thanks for hooking us up with this awesome bourbon.
0: Hell yeah. Thanks so much for coming, bro. Absolutely. Hell yeah. There's no one I'd rather share this bourbon with, bro. Good. Hell yeah, I don't usually drink hard liquor, but I'll do it with you. <laughs>
1: we'll end up finishing the bottle, hopefully.
0: <laughs> Let's get it then. Hell yeah, so uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, man, uh, like I, like you said, um, I'm a Pueblo native, just started doing music about two years ago full-time, and uh, yeah, I just uh, recently signed a publishing deal out in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, have had some amazing opportunities because of Pueblo, and uh Due to that, I'm moving out to Nashville here in a couple weeks, actually, and this is actually kind of the last little uh, thing that I'm doing in Pueblo before I move. And uh, yeah, um, my first single hits national radio at the beginning of February, Mm. and uh, really excited about that. I've got a clip for you guys, since I am the first country person, I hope there's going to be more. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, Pueblo native, born and raised, uh, love Pueblo. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of let the questions go on, but I have a lot to say for Pueblo, so.
0: Hell yeah, man. I'm excited to get into it. Definitely. So, um, how old are you?
1: I'm 23. 23? Yes, yeah, sir. For I sure. turned 24 uh, March 27th. Hell yeah. yeah it's Happy early birthday. You know, I don't think <laughs> I'll see you. you. Yeah, thank you. We will. For I'll sure. get you out, and, mm. out to Tennessee.
0: For sure. I need that. I need that. I need the, the Cody cause backstage pass. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, you know, before we get into all that, let's start from the beginning, man. Um, you know, so like... You know, did you grow up with both parents? In your I life? did,
1: yeah. Did? They've been married for, I think, 28 years. Uh, December 17th uh, was their anniversary, I think. And uh, so they've been together for a long time. Um, I've been real fortunate. You know, it's about 50-50 nowadays um, for the divorce rate. But I've been really lucky that my parents stayed together. And, um, you know, I have a good family at home, you know. So uh, I've been real fortunate with that. And uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to survive, do the things that I've done in my life. So,
0: For sure. You got any brothers or sisters? I do. I've
1: got two siblings. I got an older brother. He's uh, 26. His name's Cade. And then a younger sister who's 10. And her name's Carly.
0: Hell yeah. Shout out Cade and Carly. (laughs) For sure, man. Um, You know, so um, were your parents, were they into music? Or how'd you get into that?
1: Yeah. uh, Nobody really ever asks about them. So that's good. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, um, my mom sings terrible. She's a horrible singer, and uh, she tries, but she's not good. And then my dad's a really good singer. Uh, My dad's actually the one that got me introduced to music. Um, He uh, was in a classic rock band uh, when he was about my age. He actually cut his first album at 23. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's full circle for sure. Um, And the band was called Riddler at the time, and and, uh, they were real close to making it too. Um, They were really good sound. And they just missed the cut as far as like the classic rock vibe and sound. And then right at the end of the of the '90s, when they started putting stuff out, was the Nirvana Mm. swing, that grunge rock, which is still great. Um, But the the music changed. So you know, back then it's a lot different than it is now. Um, You know, they were they had to send labels records and stuff. And um, you know, if you weren't living in L.A. or or any of those places, you know, it was just kind of getting sent back. But uh, yeah, I I grew up on classic rock music, um, because of my dad. Um, And he, I wouldn't say he taught me how to sing. um, But he taught me to like harmonize and uh, all that stuff, just just on radio. And, uh, you know, and I just kind of grew up um, listening to that. And, you know, I think it just kind of, developed naturally um you know as far as being able to learn to sing right and be on pitch and on key and uh you know all that stuff but my dad is a drummer um yeah. and so uh it, yeah it's it, I never really got into the drums I want to learn um but uh pretty much that's how I you know grew up I got my first guitar in 2015 um was just self-taught from YouTube Um, still can't read music. I tried, hated it, (laughs) hated it, trying to learn music theory. Um, but again, like never thought at the time, you know, that I would be doing what I'm doing now. So I take it a little more serious as far as learning that stuff. And it's a little easier to, to want to learn now too. Um, and things make a little more sense. Um, I've gotten a lot better playing guitar and things like that. So, um, that, that helps with the, the drive to want to learn. And then obviously the things I'm doing, um, you know, make that drive a little easier. But that's that's how I started. Um, music was never the forefront of things, uh, but it was definitely a big thing in my life, just more so on the back burner.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, you know, like you said, you grew up listening to classic rock. Like, mm-hmm. Who are some of the bands that you, know, that you distinctly remember?
1: The Eagles, for sure. I love the Eagles. Um, I think they're the best band ever. Um, Amazing songs have lasted the test of time. You know, they still put out music that's new and hits top charts. Uh, But as far as like real classic rock stuff, I really like Sticks. I really like Bad Company, Foreigner, um, Aerosmith. Shoot there's, there's a lot. Ario Speedwagon. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian Adams vocals. Uh, yeah. Um, lots, lots. I just, you know, so, so many, but I think, you know, as far as my favorites, definitely the Eagles like journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, love, love that, those sounds, those voices, um, and stuff like that. And then I have to give a shout out to my, uh, my grandparents, you know, when I was growing up, really, they were, loved 50s music and um, loved, like, the black singers. And so I grew up with that soul soulful sound, too. And so, like, you know, Ray Charles, Nat King Cole. Um, and, like, those those... I just think that, you know, that shaped, you know, my sound now. And, like, I still listen to that type of music. But I hear some of those voices like if you if you at least for me like when i listen to those sounds um you know they sh- those those vocal sounds shape the classic rock vocal sounds that i love mm-hmm. and then i want to try to take those and i think implement that in a in a country sound i don't think there's enough of like you know southern rock has kind of disappeared mm-hmm. um but to be honest i want to bring that back and like I think that there's not enough uh, soul in today's country music. There's not enough heart in today's country music. And, um, you know, I think it gets a bad rap of just too poppy of country of, you know, anymore. It's they're going to sit on the beach and drink some rum, you know, and like, (laughs) that's not what country is, you know, at least to me. And I think to a lot of people cross, cross genre, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think those definitely were distinguishing uh, influences for me uh, growing up, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, how would you describe, you know, the music you're making right now, you know, outside of, you just kind of describe the music that you don't want to make, mm-hmm. you don't want to make poppy country. Right. You want to make more soulful?
1: I do. For sure. Soulful and, and you know, just, like, just bringing the, the stories back. Like, there's definitely a... I can't say I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of like the Red Dirt country. Um, what is Red Dirt country? Just uh, it's people. it's like uh, like a Parker McCollum. Um, some of you guys might know who I'm talking about. Parker McCollum. I would s- say like a Cody Johnson, Tyler Childers, um, Zach Bryan's really big right now, and uh, you know I I think uh, for me like they're all great. Like I'm, I won't obviously speak bad on any of them because I don't know them and I, and they're huge and people love their sound and their music. And I think really why people relate to it so much is because it's, they have that story, you know, and they have relatability. And, you know, I think as just human beings, we go through shit in life, you know, heartache, love, like just pain, you know, happiness. And I think if you, you know, music is so cool because it brings out emotion and, you know, I don't. I don't feel anything uh, when I'm listening to music. That's like <laughs> we're gonna sit on a beach and drink rum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't get anything from that. And but there's definitely sounds and music that brings that out. And I'm a huge lyrics guy. You know, I'm a huge lyrics guy that likes a story. And I think that it needs to be back in in the country industry today and it's definitely going that way i think that it's taking somewhat of a weird turn um to where uh like i said that red dirt sound and there's definitely some amazing red dirt the ones that have figured out the right type of sound and i think it's all you know subjective obviously everybody has their kind of niche of what they like but for me, listening to it, you know, I think there's also a weird side of it, too, where it's like, you know, they're talking about old school stuff that I don't know they, if they necessarily went through. And, like, um, one of the guys that I mentioned, I won't even say his name because he is so big. Um, I listened to a podcast that he said, you know, and he's huge right now. He's, you know, going on big tours and, you know, pretty much everything he's releasing is hitting but he said on a podcast he's like yeah most of what i write about i've never really done hmm. and so i kind of just you know yeah how did, how does that work you yeah. know you sing I, about things and
0: i feel like in any music genre you know that's like that's relatable to you know what i mostly have on here is hip hop right hip hop musicians so you know that's that's applicable, applicable oh, fuck <laughs> a, applicable, applicable fucking there we go i've had like one drink <laughs> applicable anywhere you know like um it's always going to be that the uh, opportunist. That's, totally, that's like, oh, I could sing about, you know, in the hip hop, I could sing about selling drugs and getting girls. Or I could do that. I'm going to do that, and make money. Or in the country world, like, oh, I could sing about riding a tractor and mm-hmm. you know doing whatever. Yeah, you know,
1: the, for sure. Yeah. And I think you know, I a lot of people like aren't into that right now as far as the countryside goes because I'm a big study guy too. Like, there's no doubt you kind of have to. Study the genre and like look through TikTok comments that uh, you know, and you get a feel for what people are feeling um, in today's sound. And people are tired of that back road. We're taking a back road, going on the truck to drink a beer with your girlfriend, you know, and like, um, and it's just, but it's it's cliche, you know. It's like it's just there's a there's a there comes a point to let it's it's. Too much, like it's just too fake, and um, you know, there's definitely like uh, a fine line because obviously you have to write love songs, and you're gonna write those because those are feelings that people feel. But you want something that's that's real enough that people are gonna like f- feel it, and they're gonna put themselves in the song, you know, and they're gonna in like for me, I envision myself within the song and can I feel that and you know and I've been real lucky too that I've had people pitch me their songs and so a lot of what's coming out on my EP um, like I only have one original song that's on my EP okay. and the other five are written by other people who have written songs for Blake Shelton and big oh, wow. time people and I was kind of intimidated and overwhelmed when I found out who these writers were and how big they were um, and the guy that I'm work with, which working with, which I'll talk about him here soon, probably um, he just kind of told me, cause I, you know, I, I asked him that. I was like, well, you know, I don't really want to, I want to write my own stuff. I'm, you know, I have original music that I want out there. And um, he just said, well, right now, you know, you, you need the songs, you need good songs that are going to get you noticed. Then you can get there. And, like, there's a total difference in Nashville versus Pueblo, Colorado, you know. And, like, we have plenty of talent here for sure, and we talked about that before coming on. Um, But, like, when I started going out to Nashville, I mean, it's – you rise to the level, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to put you or you're going to work hard enough to be professional, and, like, your songs get better that you write. And that's where I needed to learn that because I was definitely a little sad that, you know, my songs weren't good enough to make the cut. But I agree. After hearing what's out there and, like, what people have written, you're like, yeah, holy crap. Like, I feel myself in this pitched song and I can sing it and feel it as if it were my own. But I eventually want to write songs that are like that. And you're going to just continue to grow and get better, you know, as you're surrounded by that greatness that's out there, you know.
0: For sure. But, you know, that's also kind of got to be like a mental dilemma where you're like, like, I got here on my songs. Why Mm -hmm. can't I get there on my songs? You know, totally. Totally. You know, that that person you're talking about, they're not you know, they could try to imagine what they would be like in your shoes, but they're not you. Right. Like you have a different vision Mm -hmm. than everybody else. You know, you made it this far. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Uh,
1: And that's totally true. Like, you know, when I was kind of told that it was definitely a gut check. You were just like, well, you know, a lot of people like my stuff, you know. And then one of the songs that kind of got noticed um, was what got me noticed by Nashville was a song I wrote. It was kind of like one of the first real good ones that I wrote. Um, and it was very heartfelt, you know, really. Um, uh, it was definitely like a moment of, in my life that. What's it called? It's called Beautiful Lies," And it is going to be on my EP. And they rearranged it in Nashville to where it's more upbeat. Oh. And at first I was like, God, like it's, it loses the. Sentimental. Yeah. And, um, you know, it took me a while to get used to that. Mm -hmm. And when I started kind of letting close family and friends hear it, um, they were like, man, we really like your version of it better. Um, But it, it wore on everybody, including myself, to where it was like, man, you know, they did the right thing. They definitely heard the right thing because the song, even though it was like a therapy recovery, like you got through something, and it was for the better, which is what the song is. It's going through some shit and realizing that it was a blessing. Uh, but in reality, you know, the upbeat music exemplifies that. You know, it it it, it resolves the song um, to show and make it feel like, even though I went through this, like I came out so much better in the end. And, you know, and so I do think, you know, like they were the people who kind of said, you know, your songs aren't really up to snuff. Um, you know, they they encouraged me and gave me confidence enough to say, like, you you have talent. You just need to practice more like yeah. and it's there's an art to songwriting, too. I mean, there's definitely like a a, a right way to do it. Um, and I think that's in any genre. Uh, Not necessarily that it needs to be like by the book, but it's, you know, good songs versus great songs versus like number one hits. You know, there's definitely because you can you can make like you can still like the songs that I've written in the past, like they can go from where they are now, which is kind of mediocre at best and you can rearrange r- them and write them to where they could be a number one song. So it's still the same feeling, the same story, just in a different way.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, walk me through your songwriting <laughs> process before you made it to Nashville, and then walk me through your songwriting process after you saw how the Big
1: Wigs did it. For sure. So I think, like anybody that writes songs, um, you know, you kind of just have an idea in your head, you're going through something. Do you mind if I smoke? Go too? for it. Right, yep. Cool. You know, you're kind of going through something uh, and you have an idea. Like for me, I've written songs in every way you can think. Like, um, you know, you just kind of come up like I've woken myself up from sleep to write a song. Like I just heard something in my head and I woke myself up, recorded it on my phone, woke up the next morning and wrote some stuff to it. Um, I've written songs in an hour that were great songs. And I just kind of had a song title and was like, oh, man that hits and you just write something. I've taken five months to write a song. Beautiful Eyes took me five or six months to find the right words to say, you know, to make wow. it not so personal and so direct, you know. The uh, person you were writing yes, in your head too. exactly. And uh, I wrote several versions of it before I found, several versions, several verses before I found what I wanted to say. Um yeah, I mean there's there's a lot. I've, you know, written a song about a bumper sticker saying that I saw. Um a lot of a lot of different ways, but then when you get to Nashville, I think, you know, it's still the same, just different. And there in Nashville it's a lot of collaboration. Um and there's a lot of songwriting sessions. Mm. So you set up meetings um to write music. And the first song that I wrote in Nashville I was really fortunate. Um, The guy that I am working with, his name is Craig Campbell, and he kind of pushed me to Nashville, and he's a platinum-selling artist, um, very legendary in Nashville. Moved to Nashville when when he was my age, um, and he's about probably 43 now, I guess, and he uh, has made amazing hits. Um, His his best song is called Outskirts of Heaven. And uh, or it's the best selling, I should say. And that's kind of what got him to that stardom level. Um, And he's kind of just like, dude, I want to help you in any way that I can. He's introduced me to some incredible artists. Let me sing, you know, with him has helped me with the recording process. And um, the coolest moment I had was getting my first songwriting session with this guy by the name of Jeremy Bussey. And he's a Grammy winning songwriter. And so I wrote my first uh, Nashville song with a Grammy winner and a platinum selling artist. So, first one. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Damn. So it's pretty sweet.
0: So, um, so, like, when you write down, when you sit down to write a song, you know, before you were, you know, before you were in Nashville. Right. Kind of like, how would you set up? Like, could give us like a, like a mental image? Were you like in your room or how would you do that?
1: Yeah, my, the room, my bedroom was definitely like the main space. Um, I kind of have three spaces that I write, um, three or four. So my first is definitely my bedroom. Um, I don't know why that one, I think it's just cause you're there, you know, in the moment you're by yourself, you could shut your door and you're just locked in. Safe zone. Yeah. Um, vulnerable, you know, you can be open with your thoughts and, um, you know, and then the second place for me is, you know, it's weird, but it's the bathroom. Um, not that I'm, like, taking shit or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I sit in there with my guitar. It's got good acoustics, you know, and that's more of the slow song type of area. Because, like, for me, I'll close my eyes and I'll kind of find a melody that just is, like, heartfelt. Uh, and you can kind of lock yourself into the music. Um and you just have that kind of the ambiance of the like i said the 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 reverb of the room and it's um i don't know it's just it it fills you it surrounds you i guess so i i write more slow songs there um now i have a studio in my basement um and so i kind of have like a home studio that i That's where I do a lot of it now. Um, And that one, I've kind of written everything. I have a whole recording set up and everything. So I can get my ideas out quick. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of what I've learned is the process in Nashville. Um, And so you kind of just jot down every idea you have, record every version that you have via your phone or on your, you know. Every version, that's what they want you to do? Yeah. Oh, wow otherwise you'll forget, you know, if you don't uh, have it and you will forget. Like I've forgotten songs where I'm like, "Damn it, shoulda recorded that." Or I'm in gonna, the moment. Yeah, like driving down the road and you have kind of an idea, like your phone's dead or something and you try to remember it. And then you just can't. I don't know what it is, but I know songwriters, you know, you're just you pinch yourself sometimes and you're like, "God damn it." You know. Uh but then the car is definitely my last one. Um I actually wrote a song about it. So I was writing, so I wrote a song in my head uh after a family member of ours passed away. And I don't know what the car the, like the car for me is big like um you know I think everybody just kind of can relate to like where you're just driving at night and you just you know are in your own thoughts or you jam the radio and you're just you know you can let go a little bit. I pray in the car all the time and, um, you know, you could just be with yourself. And, uh, I wrote this song and as I was kind of envisioning this song, it's called Flyboy. Uh, I had like pictures that were like in just cause I was, you know, had just got the news that he had passed and was driving home from Denver.
0: This was a cousin or something.
1: It was a, a, yeah, it was my cousin. And, uh, I was driving home from Denver, and my brother called me about 3.30 in the afternoon, and uh, this was last December, and uh, I just was, like, kind of in shock, not really sad at that point yet, and was just driving, and that whole drive, I just don't even remember driving. I just remember seeing, like, memories, like, as I was driving, and I remember, like, tunnel vision of the highway, and just the streetlights passing, and, like, with memories going through my head, and... Like, wow. yeah, it was crazy. And, like, uh, definitely, the, in my opinion, my favorite song that I've written. Um, and through that, I wrote a song called This Drive I'm On. And it was about that scenario. And, like, it was just kind of, uh, yeah, like, just gives me chills even thinking about. Uh. So it's pretty crazy. Like, there's definitely a lot of ways, a lot of areas that I, that I find myself like the best place to write. So, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, like songwriters that are out there cross genre, you know, you definitely have that spot that you just feel your, feel your emotions. So.
0: Damn, that's, that's intense, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about your cousin, man. You know, last year was a tough time for everyone, man. Everyone was passing away from covid mm-hmm. you know that's what it seems like but um you know aside aside from do you want to continue talking about that or do you want to yeah that?
1: absolutely um you know he was just just kind of the you know i'm a big person of faith i think ever everything happens for a reason uh sure. are you are know you right? it, was, it was hard uh on the family for sure um he was your age no he was a lot older okay, okay. yeah a lot older 20
0: year old man yeah
1: thank god no but, uh, it was, I, as far as we know, it was COVID related. So that was tough. Like you couldn't really go see anybody, be there for your family. Like, um, we did have a service, but it was real limited, you know, and that's just Vir- sucked.
0: Vir- virtual service. Yeah. My grandma died yeah. last, two years ago and we had the virtual service <laughs> too, man. It's so Im- impersonal, impersonable. Uh, like
1: It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to go because I wrote the song, that song. And. Um, presented it to the the family and they asked me to do it and so I was really lucky to be able to go to the immediate family service Um, awesome. you know, but it just was like yeah, like you said the virtual, we had family you know, that wasn't able to go and it's just like, God, you know yeah. and me, you know I'm an Italian dude and so, you know Just big family, you know, and we love hard, and it was tough. And, like, um, you know, he – I, that song I wrote so fast because I just – and I really believe that his name was Sammy Joe, Pachata, And uh, I really 100% believe that he was with me writing it, and he spoke through me um, because, like, sometimes I – you know, it's so – personal and to him and like the things that he would say and the things that he loved that I was like I didn't write that you know like it was just so so uh effortless to write i wrote it in like an hour and i remember just getting home and i had the the like the title in my head after seeing all these memories and like um you know just flyboy and Fly boy. So he he used to fly model airplanes mm-hmm. all the time, and he also drove race cars. So he was uh, pretty just, you know, grease monkey, you know, uh, and just loved doing mechanical things. Was a great craftsman, um, you know, took really – he was an award-winning, you know, uh, model airplane. And they have, like, a lot of that throughout the state of Colorado and all over. And there's a huge one in Florida that my, uh, my younger cousin, his name's Zach. Um, he's just like a star when it comes to that. He's just one of the best uh, sure, exactly. in the nation. Yeah. And uh, he actually won. Um, or I, I don't know if he won, but he took second at his first time ever at this like national wow. competition in Florida. We'll say he won. Yeah. He, yeah. he won that. I, he won. He <laughs> did win it but there was definitely some shenanigans that got pulled. And I think that if, you know, if he goes back again, since they, they'll know him, Um, but he scored higher than anybody, but yeah. And he, and the Sammy Joe guy is no different. Like he was just a great craftsman. Um, So loved, such a good, the best, one of the best men I know. And um, it was a hard knock on our family. And like, so to be able to have something like that, to remember him by and just kind of, you know, uh, live his, his life in a song, you know, is pretty amazing. And like, I'm very proud of it. And powerful. W- yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Is there um, <clears throat> is there any music videos to accompany any of these songs? I feel like this one deserves a music video, man. I, I see a really powerful, this one. I, with this,
1: I think we did like, a, we didn't do a music video, but like they put the song to like a montage of his pictures and stuff. And that was pretty cool. Like yeah. it, it was pretty sweet to see, but it, I would agree. Like it definitely needs a music video for sure. Really and,
0: intimate setting, you know, maybe yeah. you in the outdoors. Absolutely. Body water mm-hmm. in there. Like that'd be yeah, awesome.
1: That would be cool. It's
2: a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: <I> have those, <laughs> But, um, damn man, that's, that's really powerful. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this. Like yeah. I personally myself, I don't write any music or make any music, but you know, I am a creator mm-hmm. in, in, in some sense of the word, but you know, like, loss loss or gain really plays a lot in anyone's creative process you know like like the ending of a relationship you know whether it's like you didn't have the chance to say goodbye like you did like you did to your cousin you didn't have to your cousin or you had the chance to say goodbye like maybe like ending of a like boyfriend girlfriend relationship Mm -hmm. or whatever like that could really send you down like some really like yeah beautiful turns that way you never even thought your creative a process would take you or like ruin your yeah. entire yeah closure is you
1: know? a big thing mm-hmm. you know in a in a lot of areas of life like i think if you don't get a chance to process something you know you you struggle and like you know i i yeah i mean a hundred percent like you know i'm i think i've been hardened um by a few things just in this past two years. And then prior to me singing and doing music whatsoever, which was a saving grace for me, um, you know, it was, there was a, there was a time I was, you know, prior to starting to sing and being out front with it, that I was in a low spot in my life and like didn't receive closure, um, for a couple big things and like it was, if it wasn't for music and being able to like express myself and like playing shows, I mean, I know COVID was horrible for everybody, but it was also a huge momentous life change for me. Um, And it changed the course of my life. Uh, And being around so many people like, and being able to bring them some joy, um, you know, just through singing, like they didn't know that I was going through what I was going through, but I didn't really want them to know, um, because I was trying to heal and I knew that I was okay with, I was, I have, I accepted, you know, the losses and the the hard things that I was going through, um, and just turned to God and, you know, turned to bettering myself and doing the right things and um, trying to just live right. And like, I accepted it and was okay with it, but I just knew that I was still going to go through it, the pain. um, But I was like, music is helping me. Like I was writing those songs, you know, I was singing in front of people all the time. Like I was booking shows um, just at little bars and restaurants three day, three days out of the weekends and um, was playing just back-to-back-to-back to back to back shows and loved it. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And it was, like, when I look back on it, it was definitely, like, a blur. It happened so quick. Um, but I'm glad that it happened that way because, I mean, we all know that clock on the wall is all you got to be able to heal from things. And, like... It helped time move quicker, you know, sure. because I was so focused on that and like looking forward to that. That was the only thing that was bringing me happiness at the mm-hmm. time. Was playing these shows, being around happy people, you know.
0: And you've only been playing music, like you said, for two, seriously two years. Like yeah, yep. so two years. And you said you experienced that loss of your cousin Sammy. Not, yeah. Sammy, mm-hmm. Within a year, a year right. of making Last music. Last December. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you were only making music for at least like twelve months before right. before you experienced that. Yeah. And then you got into playing those shows and rapid like mm-hmm. the session. Yep.
1: Wow. So it was pretty, it was pretty just quick, you know? And yeah. like, um, you know, prior to that, like, uh, you know, I was playing college football, got hurt, was done. Um, and that was tough. Like, you know, that was, that was kind of my main focus on my life. College football for mm-hmm. uh, CCP. Yep. Yep. And, uh,
0: were you were you there when they won
1: that that title? No, yeah. I wasn't. We just missed it. They I think they won it in fourteen, and I got in at eighteen. I mean, it so. got
0: revoked, right?
1: No, that one didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one didn't. Uh, but they did lose. I think a uh, Armac title. Okay. So that was just a divisional title, but the national championship was all legit, and they have that one for sure. So. For sure. Yeah. So that was cool. But it was awesome to be there and like uh. You know that that consumed my life. Like I, even in high school, I was like, "That is my goal. I want to get a college scholarship. I want to continue playing." And so that was what I was wrapped up in. Um, and so then when that ended, that was tough. You know, that was just I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> like I just kind of, you know, yeah. You know, when you're just college sports, anything is a job. Like it's a nine. It's you know, you're up at five a.m. Mm-hmm. You don't get done till 5 p.m., and then you have school, and so like that was that consumes your life, and then when that's gone, you just don't you don't realize how much free time you have, and that was tough to find something to do. Um, So then I just started playing guitar and like trying to get better at it. Really didn't think I was gonna do anything with it, but I just was bored. And then uh, I was in a three and a half year relationship, and then that kind of ended. Just out of the blue, um, and didn't like I said. Neither of those I really got closure for, uh, so I had to kind of figure out a way to f- find something to you know heal. I she, guess. she fucked up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so um, you know through through those, you know, I just grew as a person, and really, ha- and I'm so thankful for that for everything that happened because like I said, it altered the course of my life tenfold. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, you don't look at it at the time, obviously like that, but like I said, I accepted, um, what had happened was okay with it and just needed to heal from it. Mm -hmm. So, um, music, I mean, like I'm a huge advocate of music now and, because of what it did for me, and I know that it can do that for somebody else, and totally. So, just expressing yourself, yeah. you know. So you think,
0: no? Well, so, um, in your t- in your timeline, without you know the the loss of college sports because of your injury, um, what what was the injury? By the way, ankle injury. Ankle injury. Yeah. Okay. How old were you when you got that?
1: I was twenty. I think I just turned twenty-one, maybe. Oh wow yeah so it was a couple years ago
0: so you spent your, so you spent your like your first twenty first year like on crutches or something yeah damn shitty were yeah. you still going to bars oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah
1: so i i was uh I had just got out of a boot, so like I was prior to shoot so it was it happened like right in the spring of before I started music, so it's probably february, so we were we were going through spring ball and uh and, or it was like yeah it was, it was spring practices and then i got hurt. um essentially i just separated my ankle joint from my leg like the actual foot Whoa. from my ankle yeah
0: did that look crazy in real life like Oh it like dude yeah it was just dangling. like that oh, yeah it was know, just really. like that is there a that.
1: video <laughs> maybe Somewhere i'll have to look <laughs> uh I might have got removed from the huddle stuff by now probably, but th- th- I would assume there was probably a video, but I just never looked it. There's a highlight reel of yeah, crazy injuries. Probably I'll sure. find it somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it was just like that. Like, I, I remember standing up because I didn't know that it happened, and um, I just remember it hurt like a mother. And I stood up, dude, and I just remember, like, imagine, like, your foot in, a, like, a bowl, and it just – I felt uh, it grinding bro. on my, like, bones, and I was just like, this is I'm jacked squeamish as up. fuck, bro. I don't even like that <laughs> shit. And I knew it was jacked up. Like, I I knew it was. Uh, didn't know how bad it was. Um, but I tried, you know, I was fighting for a job, so I didn't even really do anything about it. And then uh, I remember...
0: Fighting for a job in what, in what sense of the words? As
1: in, like, trying to get a position on the field. And so I was, like, really, like, you know just tough it out tough. it's just an ankle sprain like you know i just tried to like play through it i think i played like one play after it and just was like i can't so i sat myself out um went to the trainer iced my foot then we were done for the weekend and so like 3 or 4 days had passed before we had to come back and I mean, my ankle, my foot to, like, my middle calf was just black and blue. Like, Fuck. and I was like, something is not right here. And it just hurt so bad. So we tried to rehab it just just through the trainers. And CSU Pueblo has a fantastic training staff and, like, medical staff. Right excuse on. me. And uh, they really took care of me, and we tried to therapy it. I said all these things, and it just was not getting better. So... I ended up having to go to the Olympic Training Center up in Springs, got an MRI done, and that's when they told me, like, what had happened. I'd separated my foot from the joint, like, in the joint, stretched out the ligaments still like to that crazy. Point, it was still separated?
2: Yeah. Oh, my and God. And so, like, it, like, Days it, it later.
1: yeah. And so, like, we went back, uh, or we went up there quite a few times trying to figure out what was wrong, and, like. I just remember the orthopedic surgeon was like, dude, he's like, you'd have been better off tearing it so you could have surgery. He's like, at this point, we can't really do anything about it. He's like, you're just going to have to let it heal naturally to the best that it can be. And he said that was like 14 months recovery. And so he said, "Out, you're gonna have to spend like six months in a boot, like all this stuff. And then, uh, so I was on crutches for a little bit after that. And then Like, for me, I was like, I'm coming back early. Like, I'm not going to give this up. And then, so I stayed in a boot for about three or four months. And then summer happened. And we were going through some footwork drills. And I felt comfortable. Like, I was starting to do stuff. And then I remember I put an ankle brace on. And then they spatted my cleat, which just means they taped. Like, so I I had my ankle brace, a cleat. And then they taped my ankle. So it was like... It was like a brick, dude. Holy fuck. And so like it That's was stiff. Dangerous as fuck. Yeah. And it was stiff so I wouldn't hurt it. And then we were doing a footwork drill and I was at D B and what, I what is that? I'm sorry. I'm defensive to... back. All right. Yeah. So like all right. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, Some people don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing some footwork stuff and like literally I just remember planting my foot and it just again. Oh, and that was with everything. It? Yeah. Yeah. That was with every all the support on it too. And I just went down, and I was like, "Oh my god, freaking out!" And so then I was back in a fucking boot, and uh, just couldn't get it back to normal. And that was, and I just remember it hurting. And then there was one night, shortly before I finally had to make the decision to be done, I was sleeping in bed, and uh, like I was, it was so painful that I had to like take pain pills. So I took some pain pills to go to sleep. What'd you take? I don't even know. I think it was just oxy, but it was low dose. And, uh, I remember I I, like I twitched in my sleep and I kicked the wall with my foot and dude, that sent me like, you're done. Yeah. Like it hurt so bad. Like I still remember how painful it was. And so then it was shortly after, like maybe the next day or the day after I was like, I am done. So, that was tough but you know again uh necessary for what i yeah was doing
0: yeah so the question i was getting to was you, in your timeline you think do you think that without that injury and without that you know um uh breakup yeah breakup mm-hmm. relationship ha- happening you don't think you would have started making music
1: definitely not wow. definitely not like i was in construction management was going to start working for my dad's company like
0: do you want to plug it? What is it?
1: Colorado Cabinet Works.
0: Oh hell yeah! I Make mean, cabinets.
1: Yep, That's cabinets, nice. countertops, um, flooring, all that stuff. Commercial and residential. So. Hell yeah! I'll have to so get them in here. Need bro I need some shit. <laughs> hell yeah! No doubt. And we do good work. So and but it was fun. And like I I eventually wanted to build custom homes. Like that was my goal, and I still want to. Um, so I was on a whole, you know, and I was I was thinking I was getting married, like married and, to this person, and you know, fully believe bought into what we had going on. And so like my, my life path was essentially set. Um, at least at the time for me, it was, and, um, you know, and I was content with it too. Like I was happy. Um, you know, I didn't really have any issue with it. Um, you know, and so like, as far as football ending, like, you know, I think my, I think if that would have continued, no, I, I disagree. Like, cause I didn't start, if I would have still been playing, I wouldn't have been able to play shows. Mm -hmm. So, and that was right after I was done. So like, um, that was that going into that summer. So I started playing right after I was hurt. Um, and then without the relationship, like, you know, I, that wouldn't have happened either because, you know, when you look back, like everything's hindsight, 2020, um, You know, I definitely, she knew I could sing. Her family knew I could sing. I would sing at the church every once in a while. Like, people knew I could sing at that point. I think, you know, I just wasn't necessarily supported in it. Um, You know, her folks really liked my singing. Like, they were supportive of it. My family was supportive of it, you know, and, like, I was a lot more you know i had more stage fright back then didn't really put it out front had to close my eyes every time i sang anywhere Hi, but you know as far as in terms of her like there were a couple things that i remember like and uh i don't know if this is too much detail but it's all right no yeah
0: i, I think <laughs> yeah uh, people are gonna
1: relate to this yeah it's been i mean it's been two years like i'm completely over it you know f- as far as that goes Part of the so story. yeah um you know, I wasn't necessarily, I guess the right way is just, it it wasn't encouraged. And I remember because I was still with her, um, right. When I remember like starting to play guitar and doing all that stuff. And I, I remember telling her, like, I think I want to start like playing shows. Um, and I remember I was riding in the car with her and she was driving and I was, I was telling her, like, I think I want to do this, whatever. And I just remember she kind of stopped me dead in my tracks when I was talking and she's like, I just really don't care. And that was, you know, like a month or so later we, we, she dumped me. So it was kind of like the signs were there. I just didn't see it, you know? Damn. Yeah. And like, there were a couple times, like some of the songs that I had been writing at the time, um, she just was like, you know, they all sound the same. And I wrote one song specifically for her and, uh, you know she was really excited about it at the time like posted of posted it to like facebook and this was before like i was even done with football um, and it was like probably in shoot i don't even know it might have been that year uh, that same time line like leading into it but i wrote this song <clears throat> uh, and i remember her being really excited about it so i was super excited about it cuz she really liked it it was this love song and uh, then, like, shortly after, like, not even a couple weeks later, she goes, it doesn't sound enough like Beautiful Crazy. And, like, for the people that know Beautiful Crazy, Luke Combs.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This song
1: was song of the year that year. Like, is people's wedding song. Like, you know, and I was just like, what the frick? Like, what they the... shot me down, dude. Do you like, not I curse? D- no, I do. Okay, okay. What I do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do, but I was just like, sorry, I'm so, like, cautious yeah, of it if I'm on air or whatever, true. but, but, uh, no, dude, like I was so shot down by it. And so I ended up writing another song for her, but I never showed it to her because I felt that she, I, I felt like she wouldn't like it. And I remember showing a couple of people, I showed one of her friends, she was like, Oh my God, she's going to love it. But I just had a gut feeling that she was not going to like it. Like it kind of was just, you know, calling out some of her, uh, inner feelings, you know, like, like some of the things that she didn't necessarily like about herself or that what she assumed were her flaws, but it, to me, like she was still beautiful. And like, um, it was, the song was called through my eyes. And, uh, like, it was just that I wish you I hope could see. That, yeah. Could you not hope yeah that? And I was like, I wish you could see what I see when I look at you. Like, I know you like, and all girls are that way. Like they all dog on themselves and their man is always like, what are you talking? Like we don't see shit, bro. Yeah. Like that. That's romantic as fuck for sure.
2: Keep going though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like for, for, for the dude's perspective, it's just like, I don't see that shit. You know, like I don't see what flaws you're even talking about. And so, but I just couldn't find the ability to show her. I just didn't think she would like it. I think she, I thought she would probably read into it too much. And, would think I was just calling out all of her flaws and like it would exemplify, you know, the problem. And I'm glad I didn't show her. I don't think she deserved that. You know, when I look back on it now, you know, and like um, you know, and I and like like I said too, I just in in the singing music area, I just was not supported by her. So like my confidence towards singing was not great. You know, especially at that time. So when I played my first show, um, it was at Jidone's out in the county.
0: Mm, yes, shout out to them. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know actually about that with well, shout out. I might take it back. We'll
1: <laughs> so I kind of uh, was like, you know, really nervous when I booked that show, which I posted a video on Facebook like a day or two after we broke up. And – uh <clears throat> uh, Tommy G reached out to me, just DM to me and was like, Hey man, um, COVID stuff's kind of lifting. I'd really like it if you'd come and play out here. He's like, have you done it before? And I told him, yeah, cause I had been praying for something, you know, to, to just get me out of the house and to start doing something. And so I, uh, told him, yeah, I had, and, and you he's, lied. yes, nice. And he goes... You bad man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he goes, well, cool. Can you play three hours? And I was like, yep. Holy fuck. So this was on a fucking Wednesday. Three hours? Yeah. He booked me on a Wednesday, and I played on a Friday. And I remember I booked it, and I just kind of was like... What did I just do? How many songs is that? That's covers, too. Yeah, totally covers. I ended up printing out a binder full of, like, 60 songs. Holy shit. Yeah. How, how
0: much did he pay you if you
1: don't, don't mind me asking? <laughs> hundred bucks for... For, for three a, hours. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. And then I realized...
0: That's like, $30 an hour.
1: Right. And then I realized later on, after I got less green, that I was getting screwed. Fuck you yeah. You know? And, uh, like, I got... I got... Uh, yeah. Tommy G, you're cool, Um, you know, know, and I just, but at the same time, like, as I started growing and stuff, you know, that was not going to happen for me anymore, and I was bringing so many people to his facility. For sure. Like, you know, I just, with how much time I was putting in to be good at what I was doing, my sound system was not cheap, like, and I wanted to be... Oh, you had
0: to provide your own sound system? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: And so I, you know, there was a lot of work that was going to be done uh, behind the scenes between practicing and, like, you know, and then I started really getting a following fast. And, like, anywhere I was playing was, like, getting sold out or, you know, capacited for COVID. And there was, like, a wait list for places. And I was like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) prices went out. Yeah. And so, you know, there were people that were like, no, you're not. You know, they looked at you like a Pueblo Pueblo Bar Act, you know, which is a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. Mm. Like, I know a lot of good dudes. Jeremy Kitchens, Matt Fusen, mm. Christian Hawkes. Like all those guys. You guys them. Yeah, all them. Yeah, you guys fucking rock. And, like, without them, like, I wouldn't have had the balls to even come at them and play. And, like, um, you know, I think that I stepped into a field where they kind of had established territory and... Uh, you know I was kind of nervous about it because I was like well you know this is their spots and like uh, I didn't really know uh, if that was like a beef thing or or not none of them were like I've played with all of them and they're all great dudes and they all gave me really good advice when I first started out and like Like I said, you guys rock. And there's more that I'm not even mentioning, like just because I don't know them or I haven't played with them. But there's so many Pueblo artists that, you know, know your worth is the only thing I can say to you guys. Like if you guys hear this, like know your freaking worth. Don't play for 50 bucks for two reasons. Because you work your ass off. And I know because I've been there. And at the same time, you kind of screw everybody else. If you book... Shows for 50 bucks for four hours, like because then all these places think well That eh, then i'll book somebody else If you're if you're gonna not if you're gonna play for a hundred an hour Then i'll book somebody else because they don't care and that's fine. Like Everybody's in it, you know at some point to make money and that's awesome You know, I think that they should be like I don't knock Venues or places for doing that because they have a business to run and like Thank you to everybody that's let me play at your facilities, like because you've helped me grow and you've helped me get to that next spot the bigger spots, the bigger spots to where now I'm playing concert venues. Like, you know, and if it wasn't for those places, you know, I wouldn't have that. But there's definitely some venues, right, that don't pay the artists what they're worth, and then there's definitely some that I'm loyal as fuck to. Like, if I'm The next Luke Combs, I will still come back and play for free at these little bars here in Pueblo, Colorado, because... Give me one of them. Graham's Grill.
0: Yes, I love the Graham's Grill. Over by CSU Pueblo. Yes.
1: Pam Graham, you're a freaking rock star. I love you. She was paying me way too much money, and she is so awesome, but she didn't know what that meant for me. It helped me buy new equipment to be better, more quality stuff, like... She helped expose me to new areas, you know, and she booked me a few times. And then it just got to a point where I was like, you know, Pam, I am getting some opportunities, you know, to play concert halls and venues. And I think that I need to go expand there. And like I talked to her about it and she's been so supportive of my goals and my dreams. And like I still talk to her to this day. If we run into her, like I always update her on stuff that I have going on. Um, and she's awesome. Like, she's so awesome. I have nothing but good things to say about her. Um, trying to think of where else.
0: (sighs) If you go to Graham's grill, get the pineapple cider. (laughs) Shit is so good.
1: Fire and wings, dude, they have good wings. Yes. So yeah, I mean it, and like, and I know she books, um, some places or she books, uh, some of those guys too. Like Jeremy kitchens plays there. um, But yeah, like, and go see those dudes too, because like they rock, like they, they're so entertaining, um, way better at music and guitar than I am. And like so talented in their own rights and their own, they have their own sounds, like everything, they all have original music and they're just awesome. And I, you know, I played a pretty big show last year with Jeremy Kitchens, um, in February and we practiced together and stuff and like. He's so, you know, they've all been doing it a lot longer than I have. So I'm just, you know, trying to pick their brains and, you know, how can I get better? And they're so gracious enough to open up to things, talk to me about like what. And that's just what's awesome about Pueblo. Like, you know, you you can definitely go to Nashville and there's some people who are like, no, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to help you get to where I want to be. You know, mm-hmm. Nashville's pretty cutthroat as far as like, some aspects of it. I'm super fortunate to have had the door essentially open for me by some of these big pros in the industry that are big names in country music. But like, you know, that if you were there, I was told it's kind of a two way street. Like there's Broadway people that move there, not knowing anybody and they have to grind to make it. And usually in today's world, it doesn't happen. Like you have to know people or you have to have 1.5 million on TikTok. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's just that's just stuff I've learned. And like, um, you know, but as far as Pueblo and stuff, like it's best best it's such a it gets such a bad rap. Like I don't I I don't care what anybody says. Like every place has crime, every place has bad people. But like Pueblo is the shit. I love Pueblo. The community supports everybody. Like seriously, if it wasn't for the just the city of Pueblo and Pueblo West and Pueblo County, like sharing my stuff on socials and giving me support and like coming to these shows where, you know, like out in Pueblo West at the gutter house, it's, it's closed down now, unfortunately. Um, but
0: I don't know about, unfortunately, I don't know what they did. I don't either. Some people say that they did some crazy ass shit. I don't know. I have no idea. I know.
1: Like, I know there was some just like owner dispute, as far as I know, that's probably as far as I can get in to it. Um, but that's just business, you know, and everybody kind of has their own thing. Like I've heard some rumors, don't believe all the rumors. Cause they're not true. A lot of them are not true. Um, a lot of it just has to do with legal, um, ownership stuff. And so, you know, that's all being dealt with and I hope it opens. I do. It's a good place. It helped me a lot. Um, it's got good people there. Um, And so, you know, I mean, everybody kind of has their opinions on things and that's fine. But like I won't speak bad on it because they was they helped me, you know, and uh, but like Gutter House, you know, was bringing in huge names. And um, at a time of COVID, you know, these starving pros were like, I'll play anywhere. You know, like Pablo came and showed out for me so many times that it impressed their people like, holy shit, this kid's got a following mm-hmm. to where they were like, let me get your number. Let me introduce you to this person. Because you were an opener. Yeah. Wow. How, mm-hmm.
0: What was like, you know, like what was one of the bigger crowds you've, op- you've opened for maybe at a at a Pueblo venue?
1: Yeah. So um, I guess two, like Gutter House obviously was one of them. Um, How many people? Usually capacity was 1,500. They'd usually <laughs> get that for big artists. Um, Matt Stell was, was awesome. Matt Stell's a big country artist. Um, he's really rising right now too. Um, <clears throat> but great dude, you know, great, great, awesome guy, like just has great music. Give him a follow, give him, you know, his support. Cause he's awesome. And he helped me out, asked me to come and play with him up in Fort Collins that next day. So I got to, you know, go up there and he let me chill on the tour bus and stuff. And like, that was new experiences for me. Like, totally. And it was so uh What was that like? Life changing.
0: Yeah, what well, what was a you know, what was a tour bus like when <clears throat> you never had been on a tour bus before? I'm sure that's been like you know, for a new artist that has to be that kind of like you know, like you said, life changing yeah. eye opening. Goal like, setting. Yeah, yeah, wow, I could I could do this.
1: Yeah. Uh I'd say more than anything what I've learned is like the guys who have made it at that level are business pros. Like mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people that I've been fortunate to see is that it's not all cuz there's some people who I would say have not made it and like I can't but it's just my own opinion on it like I don't know any of them that ha, like as far as haven't made it but like you can get caught up in the lifestyle and that's like the drugs, the alcohol, the partying, like the girls the guys, if you're a girl, like, (laughs) yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can get caught up into all that, you know? And like, it's easy to do. Like you can get caught up into this type of like, because it is, it's like you walk around town. Like I still remember the first time I got that. I actually had something like that happen. It's been a long time now, but I was just walking in Walmart and got stopped by a lady. Oh my gosh. Can I take a picture with you? And that was crazy. Like, you know, and I was blown away with it. I was like, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Like freaking out. Hell yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I've gotten more used to that and it happens a lot more often now. Um, and like, and it's awesome. Like you don't realize how many people love what you're doing and support you. Like, and it's just, it keeps you wanting to go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think there's definitely, a. uh, The guys that have made it, like, not that it's a show, but, like, when the bus comes, it's lax. Like, it's fun, and everything is fun, but, like, it isn't what people think as far as, like, these dudes are just alcoholics and drinking all the time. Like, Michael Ray, I got to play with him, and he told me, he gave me good advice one time, and he was just like, uh, as far as drinking, you know, he just said... You're on the clock, you know, you're, you're working right now, like have fun, drink a little bit, but if you get plastered, like, and I had to learn that early on before I was opening for people, like saying no to people that were buying me shots. Cause I was getting jacked up, man. And like, you never know who you're going to run into. And then one night, uh, it was actually the night that I got to the opportunity to play with the guy who took me under his wing What's his name? Craig Campbell. Craig Campbell. Yep. Um, That same night, like, was when I experienced that. And I was like, thank God I didn't, because I wanted to so bad. Like, I was just wanting to hang out with my friends. It was a great show. Like, I wanted to drink a little bit. And I did, but I didn't get plastered. And I was saying no. I, You know, I've already had a couple shots. Like, thank you, though. Oh, that's okay. Like, I mean, people are understanding of it. But, like... I could have easily gotten jacked up that night, just totally plastered. And if I would have, I wouldn't have, I guarantee you, I wouldn't have been able to talk to him about what he wanted. Like, because that's what happened. It was, man, you know, I was really impressed. Like, I think that I want to push you to my people. Like I took some video, I can't guarantee anything. And I just had to be a pro like that was the moment where I was like, if you're going to be a pro, you got to be a pro. And that's in so many ways, like, like I said, it's fun. You can drink in moderation. You know, if you if drugs are your thing, smoke some weed, whatever. But you you got to be careful when you cross that line, too, because you need to be in a safe spot like the the publicity side of it, too, could kick your ass like if somebody catches you in the wrong time, just puking or whatever, it'll ruin your reputation. Or you say some dumb shit, which has happened in the country music world. You say some dumb shit when you're out with your friends and somebody happens to pull their phone out.
0: Morgan you know, Wayland.
1: Yeah. I mean, you get, you, you know, he's recovered from that situation, but he lost everything in hours of that coming out. Mm-hmm. Like record deal, radio play. They weren't even going to keep his songs on Apple Music and he had just released his double album. Like you gotta be careful with your shit, and like I've experienced that kind of in my own right, too, you know, as far as just uh there's definitely positive and and negatives to it, you know like um
0: like this you know coming <clears throat> on to you know coming on to something like this, you know, if the person in my shoes didn't have their best intentions in mind and they were just trying to get a sound bite totally. off of you, like I would you know. Who, who are they, who are you you don't know like they could lead you into a corner and be like we were talking about something crazy you know mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you a, a really sideways question you're like yeah you know so yeah it's as an as a person with something to lose people are always going to try to totally. take a little bit of you know quote unquote clout
1: yeah off of you for sure for sure for sure it's I would say it's 80 20 maybe not even that much it's like it's 80 mm-hmm. 20 like 80 percent of people support you and that I would say that's probably no matter how big you get 20% have the wrong intentions, want to use you. And that's normal. That's just life, you know? And the more you do it, like I have, you get more keen on it. Um, I've also come to realize like my experiences in my past have helped me grow as far as seeing red flags sooner, you know, and that's with anybody and there's sharks out there like for sure. And especially in the music industry, like, like i said to venues or like i said earlier with venues everybody's trying to make money mm-hmm. and that's what it's about you know and like you just got to be careful with who you put your faith in or put some faith into and like who you trust and i know my circle's very small now for sure um because you experience it that, and that's fine like i i would say like i said it's 80 20 like people are so genuinely excited for you and like the things that i have going on doesn't happen every day like that's that's like one percent chance of what pe like like we talked about earlier i mean before i think we came on you know there's so many people that have tried to make it that just can't and they just don't they don't run into the right people there's a lot of luck involved there's a lot of blessings involved and like it just doesn't happen for everybody so like you know it, it is what it is
0: yeah you know um yeah, it is what it is, but like I guess I guess when you're working with other people and you're in the spotlight I don't know. You have to grow up quickly. You know, you're only twenty three. You you told me before the podcast yes. people say you're an old soul. Yeah, I I fucking I feel that now, you know, like um you're uh you're dropping gems here that artists watching this they can only aspire to like one day learn for themselves.
1: For sure. Yeah. And if and I I really do. Like you know, and it's, it is like cross genre. I'm talking to everybody watching, like this was all just learning from process and it's learning from pros that have been screwed over. Like Craig, his number one song when he was with this other label and I can't shout that, I can't name drop them for legal reasons, but sure. yeah, I got in trouble cause I did that on one time, and he actually texted me. Was like, "Hey, bro, like, we can't do that." <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and he probably will watch this podcast, which is cool. So hey. he really supports me. So, Craig, if you're watching this, I love you. Shout out, Craig. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, and he got screwed over by his label with his number one song, platinum record. Like,
0: can you say the song's title?
1: Outskirts of Heaven.
0: Outskirts of Heaven.
1: Yeah, and it's his song. Like, he wrote it. So but- don't stream it. No, stream it, because oh, he still it. makes money from it now, but at at, a, at the current time, like, four or five years ago, dude got gypped out of millions, dude. Like, millions. And there's a guy on TikTok, Warren Zeiters, um, that covered it. And, like, uh, some of you probably know Warren Ziders, but uh, just a big TikTok famous guy and really good. And... Um, he covered one of that song of Craig's and it went viral again. So they, you know, recorded it, uh, together and stuff. And Craig featured on it. And, uh, you know, and that's awesome. Like he's making money from that. So it's really sweet. Excuse me again, but, but yeah, so it's, it's cool. And like, but, uh, you know, it is, it's like, like you said, you're just, you gotta be careful with things. And, and the, the people that, you know, if you're, if you're definitely trying to go in, Uh, thinking you're going to make it believe that because like, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. And like, like I said, music for me, do it because you love it. Mm -hmm. Don't go into it because you want to make it because otherwise you're probably going to be disappointed, I think. And you're doing it for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah, for sure. You familiar with Russ? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, for sure. I was watching this Russ interview, bro. And you know, I really related this into my life. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a musician or anything, but um,
1: hey, Big Barrel, what's up? <laughs> that's what's
0: up? But um, you know, I feel like Russ is always dropping some independent musician gems, bro. I, yeah. Oh, you don't you don't drink coke. You that's no, okay. Fucking. Do you want more water? Good. All right. This is the first guy I've ever seen drink whiskey and water. I want to let that be known. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I'll have to tell you a funny story about it, but Russ, don't. <laughs> All right, because I like Russ.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, he was dropping some some knowledge and um, he was talking about um how he was what how he learned you don't you don't uh make music to make money you know you should uh, yeah a wise a wise artist at least doesn't make doesn't make music to make money they make money to make music yeah that that's how in the long run you're gonna be happy with yourself totally. and you're gonna be happy with your end product because if you're in it for a monetary goal you're not gonna get there right off the bat you know you're you're a one in a million you mm-hmm. know two years like yeah, you know, some people have been working fucking 20 years
1: yeah, and they haven't seen anything. For sure. And the thing too like you don't make as much money as you think in music, like even if you're hitting, like you're not. There's so much percentage off the top like and you have like being an independent artist like it's it's even tougher. Like the the industry in every genre is so controlled by the industry people, the big executives. You know, um, and then you have to, through that comes a lot of legal stuff. And when you get legal stuff involved, you have to have representatives, which are like publicists, agents, you know, lawyers. And when that stuff gets involved, and if you have uh, investors, like, again, trusted circles. Mm -hmm. If you guys are making it, and you be careful, like, don't put your faith in just anybody – and there's so many snakes out there. You're going to get wide-eyed by people. Oh, my God. Like, some random label in Los Angeles or Nashville will be like, hey, man, like, you're freaking awesome. Like, we think that you should come out and make some, make some records. And then they screw your ass by saying, we want 30% off of everything you do. And I had that happen. Like, I didn't get screwed because I wasn't an idiot. But I also was like, my thought process on it was man, if I'm getting reached out to right now at this early stage of when I'm doing this, like I think I can get something bigger and better, more worth it. And like, and I'm glad that I believed that because I, what there was one where I was going to do it. And then they started telling me like, yeah, we want 32%, which is typically industry standard. um, But that's through all of your, agents, lawyers, like investors stuff. It it equates to about that. So like this company was like, yeah we want 32%. And it's like, okay, you know, if you hit and your song is just popping they own your royalties they own you essentially. And then you're giving them all your money. And like at the time when I was doing it, like I was I, I do all my own stuff, like all my own socials, all my own uh, at, like advertisements and promos. I make all those myself. Like, and this company was still going to make me do it myself. But through their contract, it was taking what I was doing and just paying them to do it. Like, Damn. or paying them for what I was doing. Yeah. And it's like, for what? You know, it's just stupid. And like, is if you can stay independent with... And that's kind of what happened for Craig. Like, what's awesome now is like he's got so popular and he's having like a resurgence because he is an older artist. But, like, between him and like a Cody Johnson, which this, these are all country guys, like, they, Cody Johnson specifically, was such a huge artist mm-hmm. and he's been doing it for 20 some years. But he became such a huge artist and was independent that and never signed, never folded to the industry and now he got so big that he finally had to sign a record deal but holds all his own power because he ha- he had he created everything on his own owns all of his songs, writes all of his own music, has his own teams to do stuff for him and has somehow made enough money because he's been independent so he keeps all of the money that he generates that he's able to pay people and they're loyal as fuck to him. And so like he was able to basically signed to a huge label, which I think he signed to Warner chapel. Um, but I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, they, they really had no power over him. Like, and they still don't. And he's still going to just create his own shit and do all of his own stuff. But now with the backing of a label, which you can't really get on the radio without label help. So Mm -hmm. that's the only shitty thing. So like, if you're, like you said, if you're going in it to make money, you're going to be disappointed because you don't make as much as you think, especially when you get to that next level. Mm -hmm. Like it's still equivalent to probably like if you were making, you know, 1500 for a show at a small level, like, and that's just by yourself and you make that much money. Like think of it as if you get signed and you have all these people, whatever, and then you're making 10 grand for the show, 30%. You know, I can't I don't know that math, but you're still going to make fifteen hundred bucks. But now you're paying a shit ton of people to help you spread your music and book your shows like that's kind of the point where I'm at now. It's like within the next few months and leading into this year, I'm going to have my own booking agent like they're going to do all that for me, but I'm paying the price, you know, but you do need it to grow. And so eventually, like if you're Luke Combs or these Cody Johnson types, yeah, you're still going to make a shit ton of money, but it's still 30% off. Like what's well, 30% of $1.5 <laughs> You know, that's a lot of money that's gone. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so um, as far as being independent, <clears throat> are you independent right now? Yeah.
1: So I'm independent. Uh, my pub deal is with Combustion Music Group. And that was – I got that from Cra- like Craig um, – He just pushed me to those people and they took their chance on me. So like I'm independent though. I'm not, I don't have a record deal. Um, And that's kind of, that's kind of like a pub deal anywhere is kind of the start. Like you're paid to write songs. So like you work essentially for the label. So you're getting paid by the label, but you're writing songs and, you kind of make it that way. Like you, I'm going to try to start singing demos for people. Um, and you make a lot of money doing that too. Cause you also got to do things to survive and like, and I wouldn't even say survive, but you know,
0: on the side. Yeah. So play shows. yeah, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like you got to do it all. Like it's, there's so many ways to, to do it. And like, so the, the pub deals anywhere is kind of the, the intro, like, Um, you know, and then eventually, like if your songs that you're writing get picked up by huge artists and then you become like a really key, uh, instrument for these artists to be successful and your songs are like, yeah, yeah, sorry, but like, yeah, I mean, your, your pub deals and whatever, like your songs are just hitting and you're, starting to become known as a huge songwriter Mm -hmm. like then they kind of give you a chance like they're like okay well we'll sign you to a record deal um you know we'll pay for your we'll pay quote unquote for your music and essentially when you get signed to a record deal you get the support of the label and that's what you need so like the support is just getting backing to push your music and you know, the powers that be that control the music industry, you know, they they you got your stamp of approval, I guess is the right way to say it. So they're they're going to distribute your music and you're going to get known. And then if you don't have that, then it's a lot harder, but it's still possible. And that's what's nice about my situation is that Craig's using all of what he's done in the last 20 some years to help me achieve that. At my age, so it's pretty Pretty big deal, it's pretty Amazing, and very fortunate So,
0: hell yeah man, that's awesome You know, um, so Combustion Records is, mm-hmm. is the only Thing that you got, yeah, just your, pub deal Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, hell yeah But um, you were talking to me about You have a, a publicist now, and you yeah. Like, what's, it's a It's one person?
1: Yeah, it's Yeah, it's four agencies, though So like, you get represented mm-hmm. By a single person, Um, but you're essentially like, it just depends. Like they usually cover, um, you know, probably a few artists, but, um, you just kind of need all that stuff. Like, um, you know, the booking agents and it just, when you're represented by people as stupid as it is, like you're looked at as more professional. So like. And it's, that's again, stuff that I've learned. Like I, and I, I want to quote this like, cause you'll hear me probably say it a lot, but it's one of my mottos as far as what I tell people all the time is like, if you're going to be a pro, be a pro and that's in everything pro equipment, get good shit. Like if you spend, obviously get what you can, but it's worth saving your money to buy good stuff because your sound is what people are going to hear. So if you sound like shit, people are going to know that and they're going to think you always will sound like shit. So good equipment matters. And then, uh, socials super important. Don't post pictures that suck. Blurry photos, like get some good equipment that looks professional. When you take pictures, like that stuff matters, you know, it just does. And like when you create promos, you know, spend, I think I pay, I, I do everything on my phone. They have apps. I pay like 60 bucks a year for a couple of these apps I'd have to look them. I can't remember their names, but like I just edit photos. You could Photoshop stuff, like create video promo, like, and I've gotten so much better at it and it's everything just practice, you know, and then uh, as far as like publicist and all that stuff, like I said, just if you're going to be a pro, you're going to be a pro and as stupid as it is, if you have somebody representing you that you can be like, hey, you know, if somebody DMs you on Instagram, hey, we'd love you to play this show. It's, you'd be surprised At the response you get when you say, Cool, here's my manager's email. (laughs) Like, people are like, Oh shit. Then everything's done by contract. Then you'll never get screwed either. That helps too. And know your worth, like I said, too. If you have a standard fee, don't play for anything less because you're going to play that place again and they'll pay you that same low price. And you just have to be firm. Like, you just have to. You know, and that's the other thing about having somebody represent you. That's not that's nice as well, because when you show up to a place and if there's ever kind of conflict, which there's always going to be like, there's always going to be conflict. um, Just not not all the time, but like at places you play every once in a while, you'll have conflict. It's inevitable. Now you can push it off on somebody, you know, (laughs) well, you know is that what my manager said? Like, Oh, that's not my fault. You know, like then you don't ever build a bad relationship with a venue because I've played venues before where it's kind of tough. And like, you know, they're just, it's not super pro like, you know, and doing it as doing the things that I've done. I wouldn't say as long as I've done it, but like playing some of the shows at the places that I've played, like there's, there's a professional standard to it. It's like, Oh, we already have everything set up. Like just plug in, you know, we'll sound check you, they have pro sound men, like, and then you'll play some places that still have equipment, but sound check takes five hours or like, you know, and you're just kind of like, you get flustered. Like, you're just like, Jesus, I mean, come on, like, be professional. Kind of like me
0: today. I was like, (laughs) fucking setting up like 20 minutes. No, no,
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say it's that. I just think, you know, and like, um, it's what, you know, that like, I wouldn't say, you know, if I wouldn't have been have done the things like being on a radio talk show like you know or or doing other podcasts like
0: how many podcasts have you done
1: three wow what were they they were out in nashville and i did it's called the Firewall, and then there was another one that was country roads that one was just on instagram and then uh yours i guess but then i've been on radio four times and then yeah, so it's been, you know, just trial and error. You Very know, media trained. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess it's more like I try to be as real as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like you asked me, do you cuss? I think I do, and I sometimes I have like a sailor's mouth, but, you know, when you're on live radio that, you know, there's like fees and fines involved if you say the F yeah. word. That's like a $20,000 fine. Oh, on no. radio. Oh, no. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's for them. That's yeah. not for me. But I would probably have to pay it, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's kind of a weird, weird thing. But then, like, just time. Like, that's the other thing, you know. So, another piece of advice that I've learned just from being around it is be a man of your word. Like, there's, you'd be surprised at how many artists, like, don't show up to shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you'll hear it all the time. Oh, he's a flake. Oh, that person's a flake. And I've met a lot of flakes, you know, people that I've tried to work with or like play with, you know, they back out last minute or they, you know, just don't ever respond to you or, you know, they don't, you can tell they're not practicing, you know, and it's like, again, if you're going to be a pro, be a pro. And I've gained so much opportunities just by presenting myself and not being afraid to put myself out there, book every place you can. Like if you're trying to make it, the goal is to play. Cause you never know who's going to be in the audience. Even if it's for two people, like those two people will tell some other people and then they're going to want to come and see you, you know, be, be cool. You know, don't be afraid to interact with, with the people that support you, your fans, you know, um, doing stuff like this, like, you know, be appreciative of the fact that people want to know about you or want to help you succeed. Like, you know, a, and and be real. Like I've talked to, um, the guy that does the he's the main host for ninety six nine country. Um, his name's Sean Patrick. I remember talking to him uh, the first time I met him, and uh, you know he's he's interacted with so many famous people and famous country artists and just just artists in general. And uh, you know he he's got a good gig because he meets a lot of famous people and you know has a lot of power because he's a radio host and plays radio music and like you obviously want to impress um when you're an artist and like you you mentioned it earlier you're very media trained like there's people that are like there's dickheads out there and um you know they they play the part well like they're very stuck up and like i met a few you know, and again, it's about 80-20. Everything's about 80-20. <laughs> totally, totally. 80% of them are freaking solid individuals. They're real as can be. 20% of them are just caught in their own shit. Like, they think they're the crap, and they're playing, like, the same place that I'm playing. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you kind of you kind of have to humble yourself, and, and, like, I've been real lucky to be around that because I've seen good and bad. I've seen the people that I want to strive to be like, and I've seen people that I'm like, Pfft, Never would I be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Sean made a great point. He was just like, you know, you get uh, stoic, I guess, in the fact of being in his position because he's seen it as well. Like, when they get on air, they're like, you know, God's child, yeah. the best person ever, and then as soon as they get off air, they're tucking shit to their manager or they're just being a dick. And everybody has bad days, but, like, Man, you know, my mom gave me good advice and because there was kind of a point when I was dealing with my own drama of people, just the 20% that were saying stuff or like not supportive and the haters, you know, I have haters and that's fine. Like, I like haters. They motivate me to try to achieve more, you know, and, um, but they're out there, dude, like, and don't let those people stop you because their opinion means nothing. And My mom gave me good advice because like I was never really one for the spotlight, you know, and like just was kind of like I said, I was stage fright. I didn't really care to put myself out there like that, especially social media. And then, you know, I just got sour with it. Like I just was like, man, like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like I'm dealing with scandals and I'm like, I'm like not even big. Like, like a scandal.
0: Like what what kind of what kind of scandal just
1: like it? you know, like people say things about you like, you know, you've been I've been called homophobic before, um, you know, racist. Um But it's obviously not true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean a, it's just I'm and Mexican it's Mexican as fuck. <laughs> and like it's just silly. You know, it's just like people I think we live in a world today that, you know, and I think there's and I don't want to get bashed for saying it because I think, but you know, there's definitely a fine line, but a lot of times people are just pussies, you know? I agree. Frankly. And for like, sure. you know, I think that we live in a world today where everybody just kind of gets sad about shit that shouldn't affect them. And like, you know, God bless you people because I would hate to live that way, mm-hmm. to be honest. And like, I grew up with the sticks and stones motto and like... I'm not going to let somebody's opinion of me for sure for determine sure. the way that I look at myself or, you know, my confidence. And I, I advise people to feel the same. And like, like I said, there's a fine line, like obviously the racism stuff, I don't agree with it whatsoever. Like it's bullshit. I, I think, you know, we're going to run it. You're going to, you know, it's, it's, people shouldn't be that way. And there's, there's definitely people out there that are, um, and I don't condone it. I don't agree with it. And I think the beautiful thing about living in Pueblo is that we're such a melting pot. Like I grew up with every ethnicity that you can imagine. And like, I don't think anything, you know, anything different of anybody. And I would assume that, you know, the people that went to school with me would have the same impression, you know? And I think, like I said, everybody grows up different and everybody, there's no doubt that racism exists. And, Nah, racism,
0: you know, that's like the lowest hanging fruit, you know, For, yeah, to call someone, right. to, the, the easiest thing to call someone is a bigot, a racist, For sure. a homophobic person, like, because, like, anything you say could be misconstrued, you know, it's it's all about, like, context, mm-hmm. you know, being on this podcast, I've, you know, I'm new at it, I've had about, like, 50 episodes, right? but, you know, like, you know, like, I have a good sense of humor, I don't know, like, sometimes it's mm-hmm. dep- self-deprecating jokes, you know, I'll be like, uh, you know, me and Winston we'll we'll go back and forth about like who's gay. You know, it's just like if you can't you know if if you want equal treatment, you know, everyone gets joked on. Yeah. You know, like you just laugh at yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's what makes it, that's what makes people accepted. Like yep. just fucking joke on yourself, man. And like I'm Mexican as fuck, so you know, <laughs> you could have a you could have a two hour long conversation with me. You know, that's you yeah. not that racist. They're no you know, they're not even racist mm-hmm. at all.
1: Yeah. But and it's and it's always for the silliest reasons. Like I know we talked about it earlier too. Like it was literally I got called racist because I played a patriotic fest, an America fest for July Fourth. Like, and it was like,
0: nah, I fucking that's, love America, bro. I'd, yeah, I'd rather me be too. here than anywhere like, else.
1: Same, you know. And I think if people do the research, they would feel the same way. You know, I think does America have their problems for sure? But that's what any country. country. Yeah, yeah. What, that's anywhere. What and, first
0: world country does not have yeah, problems? Exactly,
1: and like. You know, it's like anything <laughs> and it's, it, you know, people are going to start to laugh at the fact that I say eighty twenty, but like, I think you need to look at it like that. There's more love in this world than there is bad and hate, you know? And like, I think it just, the hate obviously gets exemplified way more because it's easy and like the news, that's what they feed off of. Like, how do you get people's reaction is
0: divide and conquer. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I mean, they're not going to post you know, the news isn't going to post, like, all this happy shit all the time because that doesn't generate views. Like, if they're, oh, my God, there was a massive fire that yeah. burned down all this shit. Like, oh, my gosh, that pulls the heartstrings, pulls viewers. Yeah, You know, and it's sad that it's that way, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, nowadays, news, back in the day, news used to be, like, 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Now you have 24-7 fucking news channels. Like, yeah. you have to come up with a breaking Something. news every mm-hmm. single hour. Yeah. So... I understand what you're saying, you know. No doubt. But um you know, as far as I want to talk about these other podcasts you've been on, bro. What was the longest one you've ever been on?
1: Not long. Usually they've been an hour. And and it's just uh
0: going an hour and 34 here. That's okay. That's like fire. you're
1: you're asking so many cool questions and like and I love it. Like I think, you know, you mentioned it to me before I, before I came on and you know, that this is a little more free. I would say the ones that I've been on are a lot more scripted. And even some radio shows, they're just scripted, and that's fine. Um, You know, but I think you just get – if you – obviously everything, you know, has to sometimes be the same. Like, tell me about yourself. Like, Exactly. Who are you? What started your career? I think, you know, for for this purpose, for your viewers that don't know me or, you know, that uh, aren't really into country music, like, you know, you got to kind of know – a little bit about the person and that's, that's awesome. I think, you know, I'm really proud of my story and like, you know, I think that if somebody can take something, but you're asking such good questions as far as like, thanks bro. You know, I I'm an open book, man. I'll, I'll tell you whatever, whatever you need. And if, you know, for the artists that are out there and the viewers that are out there that are into music and want to do it, like go for it. Fuck. Like that's all I did. I just went for it and played and loved doing it. And I, got lucky and i think that that can happen with anybody so
0: yeah i think i think musicians are a big portion of our audience bro mm-hmm. like um like we were talking about pueblo so many talent like uh people that are full of talent they <clears> just <throat> get disregarded because they say hey i'm from pueblo mm-hmm. so people are just like oh okay bye for Fuck sure you but um you know like yeah like you were talking about this podcast being more free if i'm being honest bro i was kind of getting a little bit sauced there off that off that whiskey i had to get i had to Loose, loosen up and <laughs> drink some water. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lightweight. See,
1: dude, like, <laughs> when you brought this up, like, the since we kind of just catalyst into it, but you were like, I've never seen anybody drink whiskey and water. So, like, shoot, this was two years ago, probably. We have a good family friend, and his nickname that we call him, his name is Steve Essenberg, but we call him Yoji. I don't know why. But uh, we were camping, and he was, and I was playing. I was playing around the campfire for my family. And uh, I was like, hey, man, can you make me a drink? He was like, yeah. He's like, I drink a whiskey water. Is that fine? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And keep in mind, this dude's got years on me. He's like 50. And uh, so he's he's a seasoned drinker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God knows how long he's been drinking this drink. But, I I mean, it was stiff. It was whiskey to the brim (laughs) with a drop of water in it, dude. And, like... I was trashed after oh, yeah. drinking it, and I was just... I remember my first drink of it, I was expecting it to be... For some reason, in my head, I was thinking it was going to taste like a whiskey Coke or something. And um, <laughs> I took a huge gulp of it, dude, and I was just like... <gasps> like, choked up. like yeah. My nostrils burned. And uh, he goes, that's an alcoholic's drink right there, buddy. It's <laughs> oh, <well, no. laughs> was like... And dude, like, I continued on drinking it. And the thing with singers, like for me, like if you sing and drink beer or like carbonated, you burp when you sing for me. Mm -hmm. So I just stuck with drinking whiskey water and my drink now is a double shot whiskey water whatever whiskey. I don't really care, but I like crown, uh, or a good bourbon. Mm -hmm. So big bear, this is fire bourbon
0: for sure. Hey, and this is only available at big bear.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, i'm assuming we're probably gonna finish this bottle then we'll see what is it called even <laughs> i don't know but i want to i'm gonna either take the bottle or i'm gonna uh jeffers creek bro okay because uh that's fire so <laughs> what's good big <babe? laughs> hell yeah <laughs> but yeah dude like i so i just started drinking this thing and i get that so often like somebody will tell me hey can i get you a drink i'm sure what are you drinking whiskey water what you know, it's always the same, and then people are so, like, kind of disgusted with the fact that I drink it, but I'm not an alcoholic. I just, it's I it's mean, good for me. It's
0: a good, like, thought, you know, like, you're yeah. getting drunk, but you're also getting your, your water yes, intake. it is. No, so, ha-
1: you don't get hangovers from it. I promise you that. Yeah, so, so, like,
0: you might be onto something there, honestly.
1: Yoji. <sighs> Yoji.
0: Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm more of a smoker, bro. Yeah. Yeah, like second blunt, you know i'll i like to smoke down for sure yeah no hangovers at
1: all but, I've n- i've never smoked before no so you'll have to tell me what it what's a what's a good uh high feel like what is being a, a good high feel buzzed like? high yeah
0: i think being high feels like you're like really happy you kind of look look on the you look on the bright side of things you're always like I don't know. For me, I'm kind of always like I'm a determined high person. Like I'm always like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. You know, but <laughs> it like it makes me like accomplish stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just I look on the brighter side of things, and um, I'm I'm nicer to people,
1: and yeah. So you're a, you know how they say you're a good drunk. Yeah. So you're good
0: high. Exactly. I'm a happy high. Person. Happy high. Yeah. Okay. But happy I, high and a good drunk. I gotcha. feel like generally that's how that's how it is for everyone. Yeah. It's like if you're high and you're a dick. It doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> Give me those damn Cheetos. Man. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, I don't know, and especially during these long conversations, like it just gives me, a, like, um, a more creative outlook. You know, yeah. like asking cooler questions. I guess
1: opens it up yeah. when well, you are asking fire questions. So <laughs>
0: that's fire, bro. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, are you pressed for time? Are you trying to get out of no, here? No, I'm right. good. Damn, we said we we're going to finish this bottle. I think so. Cheers, I
1: mean, bro. we can, dude. We can talk about whatever.
0: Hell yeah. All right. So you were talking about um, kind of like the patriotic shit or whatever. I don't want to get too much into that. Yeah.
1: No, I understand.
0: But like, what about like like uh, governmental conspiracies and shit? You like a conspiracy theorist? Or- oh yeah,
1: one hundred percent. Hell yeah! All right, all right. Like <laughs> and aliens. I don't, I don't, I don't care who gets mad at me for saying these things because I feel like if you're not questioning some stuff, like you're doing it wrong. Like sure. if you just buy into all the. All the bullshit that everybody tells you, like, I don't care what side of politics you're on, it don't matter. Like, you should question stuff because they do some shady things on both sides of the aisle. Like, mm-hmm. so.
0: I was talking more <laughs> about like aliens and shit. Oh, what are yeah. You talking about? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was talking about like 9 uh, 11 being an inside job, you know, JFK mm-hmm. assassination was planned, Martin Luther King's planned, yes. FBI stuff. So hopefully your podcast doesn't get shut down for me talking about this. So maybe we should just talk about aliens, no, <laughs> because I, mean, I don't know the I don't know what the uh, what the rules are and regulations.
0: I feel like if Joe Rogan <laughs> if Joe Rogan do can do it, we can do it, bro. Like Joe Rogan, facts. Okay. sets the bar. Yes,
1: <laughs> aliens. I I totally believe in aliens. Damn. Do you?
0: Um. You know, growing up in Colorado, bro, that's kind of like they say it's like a hot you know hot spot for aliens because uh-huh. the DIA or whatever. Like that's like the fucking. I'm not even sure like that blue, that blue horse or whatever mm-hmm. is like. The, Lucifer. Yeah, exactly. Like that's where everything's going to go down apparently. Yeah. But, um, I definitely believe in aliens. I feel like I saw a UFO one time. I don't know. I don't really, <laughs> maybe I was dreaming. <laughs> what about, you ever seen a UFO or anything?
1: No, yeah. I haven't dude. But like part of me agrees. Like, you know, I think that even though I've never seen it, I feel like it has to, out there like we're so vast this like space i mean and you know as far as what scientists theories are like you know there's an opposite earth Mm -hmm. because of big bang like the way they explain it um obviously it could be wrong we don't know but the theories explain it as that and like we've we've discovered like organisms if you consider that life on other planets but you know i mean so i mean it's there um how advanced i don't know but i definitely think that we can't be the only planet that is habitable i mean that with how vast space is like i mean especially if like you said the theories are you there's an identical version of us or multiple whatever.
0: i think like multiple versions yeah. of us bro like what do they say? Like,
1: like they, the multiverse in or... Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, exactly, bro. You, did you watch that? <laughs> I did. Damn. I have no spoilers, bro. Damn no. You. no. I'm just. Oh, we could have talk, Could about it. I that. probably no, will never watch kidding. it. Why? Honestly, like, I'm not even a huge Marvel fan. I'm not even like.
1: Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Thanks no, for having me, guys.
0: <laughs> the last Marvel movie I saw was a uh, Black Widow. That shit was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. But um, all right, back onto this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Um, what about like uh, like the simulation theory and all that shit? Like you you are you in tap with the the uh, metaverse?
1: Uh not as much. Um that one I have a hard time getting into as far as like the simulation stuff. But I have seen some things that are like the birds that like pause flying midair and they're just flying straight. You know. I've never seen that. Never seen that. What, explain it to the people. Uh, like, I've seen some videos of, like, on TikTok or whatever. And, like, for me, there's no way they can be edited, you know? Like, they're just too... Clean. Clean, yeah. I mean, it's it seems impossible. But, like, I saw this one where this guy was literally videoing. And it could have been a drone. I mean, I also believe the government spies on us, so... <laughs> Believe what you think on that, but uh, this bird was literally just mid in the air, like like it was dead, like just stuck in the air, not moving. It was just hovering. Like, what was the camera angle? Though, was it like under? Or? It was under. Hmm. And but I mean, like they were like panning down to like their friends, like, are you fucking seeing? Which you know, it could be whatever, but damn, you know, like I don't know, yeah. I don't know either, bro. But
0: like, I definitely agree. Like you said, the government spies on us. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, like, and the whole NSA. Fucking what's that guy's name? He he moved to Russia. Oh
1: yeah, uh, yeah. The WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, I forget his name. Damn. Uh, I know. I
0: don't know WikiLeaks guy for sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah. He's been on Joe Rogan like twice, mm. and those are really awesome, yeah. awesome um, interviews. He talks about how like, um, how he actually looked for aliens like in the in the. Files, I'm not sure, like the Mm -hmm. undisclosed files, and he didn't find anything. Mm. Yeah, so he was like, I don't believe in aliens because I saw shit that you wouldn't believe and that wasn't in there.
1: Eh, Respectable. Yeah. I also think, too, that um, they bullshit us. like For sure. um, You know, I think they have found a way to, uh, you know, you brought up like DIA. I don't know how... um, in-depth, like, all that stuff is, as far... But I kind of think it is suspicious how they just kind of make light of it. Like, I don't know, for people that have been to DIA recently, I mean, they, like, (laughs) posted up on the fucking, like, walls there now. Like, oh, we're building for our underground facility. Like, they, like... Yeah, I mean, look it up. Like, you'll see it. But, like, I do think it's weird how they have, like, Nazi, (laughs) like... Paintings. Paintings. And yeah, it's, I mean, that's weird in my yeah. opinion, but like the WikiLeaks stuff, getting back to like the aliens. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, they've, I, I think the, I think it was the Navy or the Air Force came out and said that they were real. I mean, they've had oh, yeah, run-ins with that stuff and, oh, yeah. you know, um you know, we've had like our presidents, um the last three have all said that. They exist. I mean, they've seen things. So, um,
0: Obama did say that like very <clears> recently, bro. Yeah. I did hear that. He was on like some kind of podcast or something, right? <clears> and
1: yeah. He, and he said that shit. Yeah. Cause I think they have clearance to say it now. Cause I, he said it, Trump said it, Biden, had, I think, has said it. Maybe he, he so,
0: incoherently said it. He was like, Yeah. He was like, I don't, I don't remember. Right. Oh, I and like they, yeah.
1: I know it's kind of weird, but like, I know that they, I mean, they put it out on the news. So, like, you know, they've, they've definitely, come out and said it but um again like sometimes you have to sit there and again it I mean, maybe it's just the conspiracy theorist the question at all like i think it's kind of suspicious how they just are so like jokey about it you know like For sure. y- they they say that's a good way to fool people is by making light of situations so
0: i saw that um i don't know i don't know if this is true fucking you know i get all my shit off facebook <laughs> but um like they like recently like Started prepping for, like, an alien disclosure again. Like, you know how they did, a, like, a big file disclosure, like, a year ago? Oh, yeah. Like, they're yeah. prepping for another one. Okay. So, we'll see what what comes up in that one. You know, I, mm-hmm. I truly don't know how many files. I just saw, like, the fucking, like, the, the top hundred photos that come off of that shit. You know, like, yeah. people, that shit goes viral. And, like, all well, the videos or whatever. Right. Like, the ping, like, the ping experiment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the radar on the yeah. plane that went really viral. But, um... That shit's insane. Yeah. But um, so uh, aside from that, you were talking about how uh DIA has like the uh, the painting oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They also have like a time capsule. Yeah. Yeah, it's like gonna be opened. I'm I'm not sure what year. I don't either. Yeah, but but I
1: know they have it. And then I there's yeah like, it's like subliminal messaging. I mean, what the fuck? Like they the blue horse with the eyes. Like they call that Lucifer. I mean, yeah.
0: like two people died building that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's weird. Two builders. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just think it's strange. I mean, why would you call it Lucifer? I mean, like I said, I'm a big believer in God, so I'm not, you know, Satanist by any means, but that's weird that you would call it that for something that's like, we all know that that's what that means, you know, and like, whether you're believing God or not, we all know that, that that's what that means. And it's weird that they just put it out there like that. And then shoot, I mean, like some of these other, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just weird. But yeah, especially
0: getting on a plane. You're like, God, and right? there's Lucifer just, right to the yeah. left.
1: And uh, they have tours that they show and, like, they explain it. They, like, again, I mean, I think that's weird.
0: Yeah, fuck that. But
1: the Nazi paintings and shit, like, that's strange. And it's, like, apparently they they describe it as, like, the world takeover. So oh, yeah. it's like the New World Order and all that stuff. So I mean, and it is up there for everybody to see. So it's not like it's a conspiracy. There's like it's 13, there. There's like thirteen paintings
0: of that. Yeah, or maybe even like twenty. Something like yeah.
1: That. So I mean, that I mean, let's seriously, like that's why they came. That's why the rumors of it came about. You know, is because of those things. So. Oh yeah. Then they had to kind of find a reason. To, well, people are buying into the shit. So <laughs> we need to figure out some bullshit to. Yeah, and then they – yeah, they recently started putting up like the – they have like things like, oh, we're under construction because we're building our underground tunnels and we're the lizard people and like oh, no, all no. that <laughs> stuff.
0: All right, and we're back. I take a piss low-key. Um, <laughs> all but right, so we're talking about conspiracies. All right, you know, aside from conspiracies, what could a person find Cody Cause doing on an average day?
1: Man, um I go to mass at 7.30 in the morning. So you're Catholic? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I go to the gym after that, and then, uh, since I'm moving so soon, uh, while, I, while I've been doing music, I worked for my dad also full-time, so, um, I was kind of busy for a while, now I'm not as busy, uh, but I was, yeah, doing that, going to school, uh, online full-time, which I'm done now, um was working full time and doing music all. So just keeping myself occupied. And then, uh, you know, after, after we kind of got the go ahead that, you know, things were going to, you know, get on radio and pub deal and all that stuff, I had to stop, you know, doing construction just for, for injury purposes, if anything happened, you know? Um, yeah. And so, uh, but on an average day, dude, I'm, I'm fully committed to my craft. Like, um, you know, I'm learning to play guitar better, so I spend a lot of time playing guitar. Um, and then uh, usually I try to write every day. Um, whether it's melodies um, that I record or I, you know, jot down a verse of a song or a chorus, um, think of song titles. Um, you know, it's easy to get complacent doing things. Uh, and so, you know, I just try to, I try to find things to do, um, to get better at. Cause there's always something you can do like, uh, obviously like your appearance matters. So, you know, taking it serious in the gym and stuff like that is important. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, there's a lot of things I'm doing on the side, like building website, building a website, um, you know, researching, music industry lingo business side of stuff um i'm not as keen on that uh side of things so i want to make sure that i don't go into things not prepared or when i'm talking to somebody that i can i'm just like oh yeah yeah like i know what i'm talking about and not know and then you know i just not that i'm afraid of doing that but like i just don't want to be not prepared you Mm -hmm. know um I study a lot. Uh, I like to watch a lot of documentaries or, um, like live performances on YouTube or just like Netflix or something, um, to kind of study just like how how to format a show or, you know, um, watching entertainers from all genres. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a lot. I like to play with my dog, you know, um, that's pretty much what I do right now before I move. So,
0: hell yeah. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So you can make this big move. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, what changes have you made in your life? You know to prepare for it.
1: I uh, learned to cook <laughs> because uh, I'm not good at it. Um, so I've had to learn to do some of that stuff. Uh, I'm i ner- I'm nervous about it. To be honest, it's a big big change. Uh, and like I said earlier. Um, I'm a big family guy, so, uh, a little nervous about it for sure. Um, but excited at the same time. Like if, I wouldn't be going if I didn't have the opportunities, you know, I have, uh, a lot of success doing it in the region. Um, and frankly, they're going to send me back often anyway to expand. And, um, so I'll still be here playing shows and, but I'll have to live there cause I'm working there and, um missing a lot of opportunities, not being there. So it's important to be there. Um, uh, you know, we kind of have just been game planning, um, how to make it work. Um, we're not obviously buying, we meaning my the team and my, I'm moving there with my best friend. Uh, his name is Mitch Carter. He's also a songwriter singer. Really? And, uh, you guys got any songs together? We do. Oh, really? Yeah, we do actually. And, uh, he's good. Um, yeah. He's about a year, I would say, behind me um, when he started, and then uh, we met in college. We were locker mates, actually, and so it was kind of funny that we reconnected after about a year, and then uh, just hit it off and have been inseparable pretty much ever since. They made you guys share a locker in college? Like we were locker neighbors. Like we had our own lockers, but we were locker neighbors. Yeah. So his, his locker was like literally next door to mine. All right. All right. Yeah. So he was, but uh, that's my (laughs) pencil, bro. No, that's my pencil. (laughs) That's D two for you, buddy. (laughs) We don't get the cool shit like (laughs) Alabama does. Good luck tonight. Roll tide. Um, but yeah, so no, he's moving there with me. Um, and then I have a close confidant who's kind of my manager right now. Um, and uh, he doesn't really like to be named. He's just kind of behind the scenes, but a lot of people know who he is. Um, he's a good manager. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's a real one for sure. Um, but he's also going to be in and out of there often. Um, he owns a few businesses here in Colorado, or in Pueblo. Um, and so he uh, has to do that too. He's got kids and all that stuff. Um, but he just took a liking to me um, has helped me as far as being my confidant in things, um, has helped me, uh, achieve a lot of the goals, you know, that I couldn't achieve on my own. So if it wasn't for him, you know, and, and him being in my life and helping me, uh, with a lot of things too financially, you know, I've been really lucky to have him in my life. And, uh, he helps me just with a lot of, um, not getting taken advantage of. You know, I mentioned earlier too about being able to be represented by somebody. Um, And at 23, you're going to get the, you're very green, you don't know shit. So here's, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that a lot. Um, And I avoid that because of him. And he's also a hard ass too. So he helps keep me responsible as well and will not help me if I don't do what I'm supposed to and seize growth. And if I'm not booking shows, he's not going to help me. And, um helps keep a good head on my shoulders has straight up told me if I bring if he finds out whatsoever that we're bring, bringing women or whatever back to our apartment in uh Nashville we're cut off
0: <laughs> not even one woman no not even if so you find like a girlfriend
1: he said you can buy your own hotel room
0: oh that's all right, that's, yeah. that's fair yeah
1: <clears throat> so so he's 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 legit and he knows the reason that I'm going there and uh like I said I want to make him proud too like like I said if if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be able to financially do things. He's kind of my investor, you know, too. So, um, really, really blessed to have him. He's a good friend. Um, I, you know, when I met him, uh, before any of this even became anything, we just hit it off and just a good friend, you know, I can't say anything better about him, but, um, yeah, so he, uh, he's getting himself his own room too. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we've prepped. Uh, we've been in quite a few meetings together. Um, a lot of business meetings with the, uh, label and with Craig and his manager, um, what label is it? I'm sorry. Combustion. Oh, that's okay. Combustion. Yeah. So that's, that's the pub deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's label affiliated, Mm -hmm. but not, I'm still independent. Like I'm not one of their artists. Like they haven't picked me up. So, um, they're, just, uh, going to help me get my songs on the radio and stuff like that. Mm. And then it's kind of just a trial period, basically like any pub deal. It's like, how well do you come across to the audiences? And if you suck and nobody likes what you have, then you're gone essentially. So it's kind of, it's just big steps. So like, you know, we decided, um, just to rent like we're, we we debated on whether we were going to buy a condo, um, which we didn't think, you know, there's just so many unknowns, um, you know, and like it would be nice. It, we just decided like the renting was the best option for now, like oh, yeah, for sure. until something huge comes along and I get swept off my feet. Like if I make it huge, uh, then I won't commit because, you know, I'm also going to be on the road playing shows like I can't be stuck in Nashville either. Just like here, like I can't be just stuck playing here. Otherwise you're not going to grow, you know? And so, um, you know, that's no different than Tennessee. Like you can dilute yourself there too. So, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to grow and, and play all over. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're just kind of setting up that part of it. And then we're also setting up like radio tour, which is, going to essentially just be me and I'm going to try to find a guitar player, um, to accompany me. Um, and hopefully he can, I'm going to look for somebody that can sing and that plays guitar. But Um, you play guitar as well. I do. Yeah. Just more so rhythm though. Like I'm not, I can't solo and do all that stuff. So I want somebody that can do that, um, to just make it a better show because basically what a radio tour is you go on air, um, talk about yourself introduce yourself to the world um the industry and then you uh sing a song or whatever and then you play that evening at a bar or a, a concert venue type of thing and you're represented by a radio rep so usually what happens is they'll have like a whether it be local or iHeartRadio will sponsor an event um and they'll promote it as up and coming artist, country singer, check out his song. They'll play your song on the radio that morning. Um, and then they'll direct the audiences that love it to where you're playing that night. Um, and you just do that from town to town. So you just kind of small, uh, small type of tour, you know. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that uh, came into why we were going to rent. Um, I don't know how often I'll be there you know, when it comes to playing. Um, so, you know, it's going to be my, my home base, I guess is the right way to say it. So we're going to do it that way as opposed to it being my home. Um, but you know, like I said too, like, if you're not there, you're missing a lot of opportunities to meet people. And, um, you know, Craig has, invited me to a lot of things and has put me in front of a lot of his friends that are huge. Um, I was in session one time and Rascal Flatts guys came in oh, wow. and so that was awesome. I got to hang out with him for about four hours, which is amazing. Um, he's introduced me to a lot of phenomenal, amazing songwriters that have written some of the best songs of all time. Um, so it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I like, like, um, I have another friend who's also out there, um, who I will at some point probably become my full-time manager. And, uh, she started just through the ringer. She actually might be my radio rep. I don't really know how it's going to work. She's also got her own per- career path in music, just not as a singer. Um, and she's from Pueblo, Colorado. Her name's Gianna Norton. She went to Centennial Wow. and, um, she actually started. Working with Sean Patrick at 96.9 grew, couldn't grow anymore here and left and moved to Nashville. And now she's getting amazing opportunities there. And uh, she as well as has so many opportunities there that she, you know, being hopefully my manager at some point, um, you know, has also put me in front of good opportunities there, too. So it's like like February 29th, I'm going to like this country music masquerade event. Um, and it's just, you're essentially, and that's the biggest thing there. Like if you're, if your face is being seen, um, by industry people, you're going to be in it. And like, I already am just very small. Um, but like, I've, you know, met so many people now that like, you know, we talk about, you know, I, I link up with them when I go to Nashville now, or like, uh, you know when i move there they're like oh dude let's go um i'll show you lots of cool things like this dude his name's styles howry um he's a published artist with Warner Chapel and uh really awesome artist i got to play with him at a show out there um and he's at a bigger label you know than than a lot of people and he's very talented great songwriter Um, and he was just like, dude, he's like, I'm really impressed with you. The first time, like I've only played with him once, but when I played with him, he had never heard of me. And, uh, I really impressed him. And he was like, dude, when I came backstage, um, shook my hand and stuff. And we just got to talking and he was just like, dude, whatever I can do to help skyrocket your career, you know? And he told me the same thing. He's just like, really what, what everything comes down to is, um, you got to know people you know, you got to know people. And that's why it's important to play like everywhere. And, um, you know, growing a fan base is big. Don't limit yourself, like take the opportunities to go play out of Pueblo and Pueblo will support you. Like they get it. And Pueblo understands that. And that's, what's beautiful about Pueblo is that we support Puebloans. And, you know, I've, I've, played you know shows in springs and denver and fort collins where people from pueblo will come all the way to come watch me and it's amazing you know and i've never met them other other than at my shows and they're just consistent fans that like to come now i've got you know by now i've got to know them personally but when i first met them they were strangers you know just coming to watch some music so it's been amazing
0: hundred percent man you know that kind of Relates to an, an earlier interview I had, I had, um, Tyler Schoen on here. Oh yeah. He Tyler's was, a good friend. Yeah. He was, um, you know, for the people that don't know, Tyler has mingled with like the, uh, you know, he's, he's from Wake Up Pueblo. He's mingled with like, uh, I don't know how much with Grant Cardone, but he, from, from the interview, if you watched it, he's, he's been to Miami and he's mingled with these, these billionaires, millionaires. Mm-hmm. And, um, like one gem, I asked him, I asked him if he could leave the, the, the people with one gem. And he said, uh. Contacts equal contracts. Just very, Guys. very straight. And like, you know, it's so simple. It's, it's so simple just to hear it like that. But like, it's so true, man. Yeah. Like um, a good relationship will get you farther than money can get oh,
1: you. 100%. Networking and that interpersonal connection is priceless. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with experience. And like the thing is, like people love to talk about themselves. And that's what I've learned. I mean, they want when you actually show genuine interest. And I, there is not one artist that I have played with that I have not asked, Hey, can I pick your brain? You know, I'm not afraid to do that. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. I have some of them said no <laughs> for sure. Like there's been a few 20% of them, probably. Um, 80 20. Yeah. But every other one has been in your shoes. Like they want, they are willing to help you. You know, I, like, I don't care what genre it is, you know, and, like, people, like, especially when you really have made it, um, and that's the way I look at Craig, like, uh, for me, like, he's given me so much confidence because he he's played all over the world, has probably had a plethora of openers play with him. And I'm one of the few guys that he's taken under his wing and helped make it like, and he, I could call him right now and he would be like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, just, just on Johnny on the spot, like, and not, isn't afraid to like, if I have it, it's the simplest question, like, mm-hmm. in fact, I have to talk to him this week about a DM that I got from just like a business thing. Um, you know, that I, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, allowed to do it or not, but he's that available to me. And that's priceless. Like he's not paying me, you know, I've paid him some stuff, but that's just because he's helped me with producing and recording and getting me in front of professional labels. Like, you know, I, so his time, um, you know, and there's things that he does on the side. Like, I just got nominated for... uh the, So there's a Rocky Mountain Country Music Awards. And that's a nine-state regional, like, CMA. It's mm-hmm. like the award shows. Um I, and know, it's, I know what it is. Yeah. yeah I know what yeah. it is. <laughs> and, uh I mean, it is le- as legit as it comes. And I'm a nominee for New Artist of the Year. And considering how... And he told me this months ago, like, you need to find out, you know, how to get involved with that knew nothing about it at the time. And, um, you know, I ended up contacting a few people just to find out what it is. And he just said, you know, if you can even be just a nominee for it, like at your timeline with how little of time you've done this and your age, like that's a huge deal. And you'll get so many opportunities just from being there. And so I wasn't really, I was assuming that I would probably get a nomination, but I also wasn't sure because I didn't know what the qualifications were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found out this news not too long ago. Like it was probably last Wednesday. So, you know, this is the first other than my Instagrams and socials, like, uh, this is the first place that I'm even talking about it. So that's pretty sweet. And like, I, you know, he had told me that months and months ago. And so I texted him that I, the picture that I was a nominee. And I said, I freaking did it. Like was so pumped. And he goes, hell yeah, man. He's like, I'm so proud of you. Um, And he's like, I'm going to start setting up a campaign to see if we can get you that trophy. So Damn. that's a priceless dude. And that's something that he's just doing because he wants to. And that's how good of a dude he is. He believes in you. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And like, That has given me so much confidence. Like, there's two things that I've done that – or that have happened to me that have given me – or I guess I should say three. Three things that have given me ultimate confidence in what I have that haters no longer bother me. (laughs) Craig is one of them for sure. Um, I mean, this dude tells me. He's like, you're going to play the Opry one day. You're going to play the Ryman, which – there those are like iconic country music things. Um, what is it?
0: Like venues? Yeah.
1: So like that like the grand old Opry in Nashville is like the pinnacle of playing. Like it's just it's like you've made it if you get invited to play there. Yeah. And Craig plays it every year, probably four or five times a year. Um and I don't know if he's a member like if he's, but he, I, I would assume he probably is. Um, but that's like, you've made it, made it. If you get inducted as a member of the Grand Old Opry and like, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot, uh, like, can he tell, like I, he played it one time and I said, I was like, man, we were going to try to come out and see you. He goes, I texted him and he, I was like, good luck, whatever. And he goes, he's like, that's okay. He's like, but I'm going to be front row when you play it. And I was just like, thanks dude. Like just, just believes in me. And then playing Memorial hall with Josh Turner was amazing. Like, um, I remember when they called me and they said, Hey, uh, is this Cody? And I was like, yep. And they said, uh, awesome. Well, we would love to have you open for Josh Turner at uh, Memorial hall. And I was like, shit down both legs. Because, as far as Pueblo is concerned, like that's. I maxed out Pueblo as far as playing places. Um, and so they, they uh, put me on the uh, marquee that I was playing with him, that I was opening for him. And I posted it, and it just blew up, like beyond anything that I've done so far. And um, Pueblo, like just absolutely showed out for me and his tour manager came up to me when I was sound checking he said hey man I just wanted to uh introduce myself and he said I he's like I'm impressed with what you got going on he's like I just wanted you to know he's like when they put your name on the the list or that on the uh, marquee that you were playing he said ticket sales went up 80% it ended up being a sold out show and I was Blown away, and I like. W- I remember my last song. Like I was just so in the moment, and you know, um I ended up getting a standing ovation, and I started crying, and like that was the one of the best moments of my life, and like I'll never forget that moment because it was the first time I played a concert hall. It was my first sold out concert hall. It wasn't obviously for me. It was for Josh Turner but like it was just incredible i mean and i'll never forget it never forget it in my whole life so that's the third that's the second and then uh i almost i pretty much forgot the third <laughs> but the third or fourth but yeah between craig believing in me and that and then the first time i sang in nashville when it was cuz i when I, like I said earlier on in the, the show, um, I played with Matt Stell and his bass player, um, was like, Nashville will tell you if you're good or not. So when I got the opportunity to sing at a bar, at one of the bars and stages in Nashville, I was so nervous. Like I was just, I was twitchy. Like I I didn't even know what to think. And so when I played and people went ape shit, like I was like, I'm a player. (laughs) Like I can make it in this thing. So
0: as far as ape shit goes, what do you mean?
1: Uh, they were like so zoned in and it wasn't even my show. So they had like a guy playing. So it was Craig's buddy, Craig. It was after my first session, Craig called his friend who was playing the stage in Nashville on Broadway. And he said, Hey man, I'm working with this kid. He's like, would you mind if he comes and sings a song? And he goes, no, absolutely. And, uh, so I went down to the stage and I, uh, was just sitting in the audience, you know, drinking. And I was just like, when is this dude going to call me up? Like, I don't know. Didn't know when he, when he was going to say, Hey, all right, we have this special guest. So then when it happened, I was walking up and I just had butterflies like crazy. And it was all slow motion. I mean, I was walking in slow motion, just like remembering what that guy said. They'll tell you if you're good or not. And, uh. I remember I hit the first step of the stage and I just thought to myself, I was like, what the fuck am I nervous for? I was like, this is my moment right now. So he gives me his guitar and I put it on. I, you know, tried to act like I'd been there before. I told the band, I was like, I want to play this song in this key. Okay. Like Johnny on the spot. And, uh, that's why they're pros. That's why they're Nashville pros. And, um, it went off without a hitch. I sang and I just was like, I need to be an entertainer and sang like, and then when I got off, the crowd just was locked in and like, they weren't really paying attention to the other guy, you know, and they just all were eyes on me. They went like clapping and going ape shit as far as just Holy fuck. Like, wow. And, um, when I turned around to put the guitar back on the stand, the band guys, I remember them looking at me like wide eyed and like, they didn't really care about who I was when I first walked up. And then afterwards they were like, dude, like, what's your name? Like shaking my hand. And I was equally like Cody, like, it's good to meet you guys. Like I'm working with Craig Campbell. And they were like, holy shit. And um, so then when I was out, when I was getting ready to walk down, Tyler, my manager guy um was with me and I know oh shit I'm not supposed to say his name. But anyway. I'll uh, yeah. And uh so my my manager dude uh was out in the stands and and some lady came up to him while I was singing and she goes, "Do you know him?" And he goes, "No, I don't." Just pretended. And and she apparently was like, "Well, we just witnessed a Toby Keith moment. Like that was fucking awesome." And the story with Toby Keith is that he went to Nashville and wasn't known. And he's a huge country artist and a real like an older guy. But um, the first time he was in Nashville, his buddies knew he could sing. And he went up on stage and was able to sing for some reason and sang, blew the crowd away. And a label executive happened to be uh, in the audience and he signed a record deal the next week. And uh, ended up being one of the biggest country artists of all time. And then – so that was a huge compliment for me. And then while I was sitting in the stand or in the audience afterwards, I was just on cloud nine, you know, and the moment went so fast for me that I didn't really get to be in it. And and then the crowd, the lady that said that was like – came up to me, I want to hear you sing again. And I was like, yeah, I probably won't be able to – Thank you, though, and so then she starts chanting my name, and the whole audience was like Cody. So they, the dude, called me back up, and I got to sing another song, and I was just like, "Holy fuck! Like I can't believe this is happening right now." Damn.
2: Yeah. Shit.
1: Yeah. So I ended up uh, singing another song, got down, kind of felt like shit because the guy it was the guy's show, you know. So then we left, and we went to a different bar. And, uh, long story short on that one, I was able to end up singing at that one. And again, just the same reaction, you know, just those reactions and the experiences was like, I could live that over and over and over again forever. And so between those three moments for sure of Memorial Hall, Craig, and singing my first time in Nashville, like I have ultimate confidence in my abilities and just, you know, trusting the, what the opportunities that I've been given and the blessings and just, uh, you know, just gonna full send it, you know, and see what happens. So,
0: wow. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> all right. So like in a few sentences, what is, what are, what is some advice that you would give to an up and coming artist? You know, especially coming out of a small town like Pueblo, yeah, like what is that
1: so i th- I think uh you know as far as just a recap, um, love the haters for one, you know if you if you believe in what you got going on, uh, you know you're there there's a niche for you, there's a crowd for you. Um, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I got told was even if 1% of people like the song that's on the radio, that's still going to be like a million people. So you're going to have a crowd that loves your shit and your life is going to change forever. That's what I was told. So it's like you're, you know, believe in yourself. Don't let anybody tell you different, you know, Um, because you can always grow and get better. Like if you let's just say you're mediocre at what you got going on practice. Don't be afraid to practice. Don't be afraid to expand outside of Pueblo play literally everywhere that you can. Like opportunities will not present themselves unless you go take them. So be a man of your word or, you know, if you, if you're telling somebody that you're going to do something, do it because there's a lot of flakes in the industry. And, um, you don't want to be labeled as one of those because then you're, you're not reliable. Nobody's going to recommend you for things like that's, I've lived off of that. Like people recommending me to play places, you know, and that in turn gets me more and more opportunities. And, um, you know, man, geez, there's so many, like, don't be an asshole. (laughs) Don't think, you know, that, you can always be better, you know, like if you get to experience like the growth that I have, you know, of this like small town fame, you know, cause it, I mean, there, it is that there is that like, and it's, and it's amazing. Like, it's so cool. You know, there's some, there like to be noticed and to take pictures and sign autographs. Like, it's so cool, but be humble about it. Like if you're a fucking dick, nobody's going to support you and people can see th- right through that. Like. So much so that, like, there's definitely people that have made it in the industry that are that 20% that I talk about that are just dicks. And, like, you don't want to be that. And people can smell that. Like, they can see through it so fast. And um, you just don't want to be that. I mean, remember why you're doing music. And do it because you love it. Don't do it because you're, you know, wanting to make a shit ton of money. You know, I know I'm writing a lot more than a few sentences right no, now I, I but I appreciate it but you know this is all just stuff that I've learned and and there was no doubt that I was green and at one point and you know that leads me to say no you're worth to don't you know I I gave a shout out to those uh, those other artists that sing in pueblo you know Christian Hawkes um, Matt Fusen, Jeremy Kitchens and and the plethora of others And the ones that are like the Pueblo rappers, you know, I know there's not a lot of venues out there for you guys and like, but there's definitely some. And like, I think that, you know, I've told a few people, um, one of my buddies, Josh Smith, uh, you know, he, he always asked me like, Hey man, can you hit, you know, help me get into some of these venues? And I was like, I'll try. And I tried, you know, but nobody really wants rap in their venues, but Denver does like, Denver isn't necessarily a country Mecca. Make the trip, you know, even if you got to sleep in your fucking car, like book a show in fucking Denver, something like there's opportunities out there. Play backyard shows. Like I've played, I've played at the shittiest places. Like I've played at places that are, you know, just not even probably worth playing. But again, be humble enough to play anywhere. And because you love it, you know, and the right people are going to find you. They're going to recommend you to places like we talked about. Networking is huge. Your, your contacts are your contracts. Like there's so much that that and don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, if you meet people that are that are famous or that have made it, you know, a big thing that I have come to learn just is, you know, yeah, like what I'm doing is very rare. Um, but it's not impossible. And there's a lot of people that have done it in the world. And why would you try to reinvent the wheel? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, go out, go study the people that have made it. That's why I watch documentaries. Documentaries for any artist will tell you how to make it. Oh, yeah. Interviews. Totally. Interviews are
0: Mm -hmm. key into their soul, bro. Yeah. Like, if you see a two-hour interview with, you know, I'll always relate this shit back to hip-hop. But, like, when I see a two-hour interview with, like, um, really any hip, you know, I'm more into, like, the... Like the uh, behind the scenes, so like a breakfast club, or like, um, what's another one like, uh, Drink Champs? Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that one, or like, um, you know, uh, Everyday Struggle when that was on. But like, you know, if you emulate the greats, you'll one day be great like, for sure, exactly. I totally agree. That's how I kind of look at it with this podcast, man. Like, like yeah, I don't know how I don't. I didn't go to school for editing videos and shit like that but like if I could copy how you're editing videos then I could fucking mm-hmm. make a video just as good.
1: Yep. Yeah. For and, sure. And the info's out there. YouTube it. You know what I mean? Like there's so much there's so many ways to succeed and no no way is better than another way. Like is there easier ways for sure? Is there hard ways to do it for sure? But there's a lot of ways to make it and like the podcast absolutely. Like yours is the best podcast that i've been on just as far as Mm. the interaction you heard that here first folks cody cause what's up street champs hey you know what i mean but it is like you're building a relationship and getting somebody that has been so trained to answer things because that's all you really get like you don't really get to dive deep into the person so like for me you know that's that's what this has been is like you got to really ask the things and I got to talk about the things that I want to talk about or like, you know, it's, it was, it's been the best experience. So I appreciate you having me on dude for real.
0: Hell yeah, bro. I appreciate you coming so much, man. Like, like I, I don't get like uh super excited over interviews like over that often. Cause like, you know, I, I'll do sometimes six interviews in a week, bro. Yeah. But like, you know, this one, I was like, like I knew, I knew this one was going to be it for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah, for sure. And, um, You know, maybe that was, you know, I don't, you, I don't know. Maybe that was like preemptive, but like when I told people about this, like they knew, they knew your name and they were like, he's moving away from public. Like he's, he's the one that made it out of here. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And you could relate that to any, any creative outlet. You could relate that to like musician or not. Like uh, the, the drive is in everyone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're doing something that's so, yeah, Jesus, the drive, like, grit, people, like, if you, you're doing something wrong, I promise you, if you're waking up at noon, if you're waking up at one o'clock and starting your fucking shit, like, I will not reiterate that enough, you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. if that's what you're doing, because I've played shows till one in the morning, two in the morning, and I'm still up starting my day at seven, eight o'clock in the morning and I'm working on my shit. Like drive, work your ass off because like I said, nobody's going to give a shit about what you got going on except you. Mm -hmm. And like that comes in time. Like even the people that have helped me, they have their own careers. There's a plethora. Their job is to work with people like me because I'm going to be paying them. But what if I stop paying them? What if I'm not working my ass off and I'm not paying them shit? I can't, I'm not making money. Next guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like 100%. You couldn't have said it better. There's a drive there. If you don't, if and and it shows. Like one of my college coaches said, what you do in the dark shines in the light. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is that's it in a nutshell. Like oh, yeah. if you want to succeed in music, you can, but you got to work for it. And that's no different than anything in life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, I think I think that's a a lost thought process right now. But you know, mm-hmm. people, the people that the people that are in tune with that know, and they're the people that I want in tune with me. You know, like I don't want anyone in my circle that's fucking not working. You know, if you're a leech, you could be on the sidelines for sure. For sure. That's uh it's harsh, but. It's reality. Yeah, 2022, business-oriented. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: We all had our two-year break with COVID. Yes. We got all our lazy bullshit. We can all sulk <laughs> and bitch and moan, but it's over now. Yeah. You know, are there still some restrictions and whatever? Totally. But we have found ways to survive beyond it. Mm-hmm. And if you're using that as your crutch, and if you're using any excuse as your crutch, I mean, you're just... uh you're choosing to do so, in my opinion. So, facts, facts. Damn. All right. So, um, before you
0: leave, could we get that unreleased snippet?
1: Yes. Hey. All yes. right. All right. So, you guys. So, the people that will listen to this. Okay. You, like,
0: it's two hours and forty minutes <laughs> in.
1: Two forty. Okay. So, maybe there can be something like that you cut so that people can hear this. But this this is going to be uh, my first single. This is called "On My Way." Um, and this is going to be released um, on national radio and all streaming services at the beginning of February. So it's pretty crazy that it's, that it's legitly like actually happening, legitimately happening. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about this and nobody has really heard this. Um, I kind of put this uh, little clip it out on social medias, um, but it's kind of masked a little bit. And uh, so this will be, hopefully it comes across clear, but, but this is uh. I really love this song. So, got
0: the clap, got yeah. the crowd cheering in the background. Yeah, <laughs> street chimes. First official snippet of Cody Cause's new uh, first radio single. What was the title? One more time. On my way. On my way.
1: damn <laughs> that is fire man
0: dude it's hell yeah, yeah like it... <sighs> you were like
1: i don't want to see those blue lights like <laughs> yeah. oh that's that's fire man Thank hell yeah you, yeah I, i'm really excited for for it to be out like it's just been <laughs> it's been a long and again like it's you know a lot all, all, it's all the unseen stuff like this has been stuff we've been working on for the last <laughs> seven months you know what i mean and it's just wow. been Back and forth to Nashville, um, a lot of meetings, a lot of uh, like demos sent back and forth. Of do you like this? Do you like this? You know, it's a long process. It's a lot of lot of work, a lot of you know time that gets invested into it. A lot of people involved, and um, you know, like I love showing that little clip because like the song just gets punchier and better, and like I just can't wait for people to hear it. Damn. So,
0: what day exactly?
1: I'm not sure yet. Okay, so, okay. Depending well, radio on our, stations? It'll be all over. All over. Yeah. Like so iHeart Radio. I Heart radio and
0: shit like that? Oh so like uh, what's that called? Like Sirius? Yeah. Oh so fuck yeah. So
1: that's the next that'll be the next phase for us. We're gonna try to get in on the highway, new boots and stuff. So cross your fingers on that one. That one hasn't been confirmed yet as far as um like Sirius XM, but it will be on like our iHeartRadio and Hell all yeah. that stuff. So it'll be that'll be sweet. And then obviously like all local stations and stuff like that. So it'll be, it'll be everywhere. And then streaming services as well. So
0: I actually want to talk to you about that too. Um, as far as streaming services go, what's your name on Apple, Apple music? Nothing yet.
1: Cause but I couldn't find be, you. Co- yeah. It'll be Cody cause like okay. that's, that's, that's literally been the the hardest thing for me, like as far as growth. And it's unbelievable that I've grown so much without having music out there. What's the, what's the problem there? why what, what, what's Just, stopping you? only been doing it for two years my nashville experience has only been a year i could help you get on i could help yeah. you get on
0: i'm on apple i'm on apple spotify google
1: all yeah. that shit i could help you they'll so they have their teams doing it okay but, Dude, but it, yeah it's
0: simple as distro kid i know literally 20 dollars yeah. a month yeah
1: so they're gonna they're gonna do all that and it's getting set up as we speak um we have a whole marketing plan and things like that so it's fire yeah it's cool and it and it's and it's gonna be a little different like they have the ability to kind of make your stuff appear first. Like when you look things up, SEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, that's marketing shit right there. That's exactly. So that's what I went to school for.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you get it. So, yeah. So that's, that's essentially what they're going to be doing. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, but yeah, that's, uh, that's been the, the craziest thing. Like I said, like I'm recommended, I'm a nominee for, I don't know if I'll win it. I'm hoping cross my fingers for a new artist of the year. Um, but, you know, a lot of the people that I'm going up against are good artists and they've been in it for a while and, you know, a lot lot more years than I have and they have songs out. Some of them have stuff out on the radio, kind of what I'll be doing. And, um, you know, so it's pretty nuts. And then just just the short amount of time that I've been doing it, you know, like it's uh, I, like my Nashville stuff has been – shoot, I don't even know if it's been a full year. Um, so it, as far as I – w- I don't know if the uh, – I like to say I've been doing it for two years fully. Professionally, I don't know if I've been doing it that long. I think I will say yeah, because, um, well, it'll be a year and nine months in uh, when the songs release. So, February.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Wow. You know, and you were saying before, you know, like, if you you would always play Graham's Grill, even if you're the next, like, Luke Bryan or, I don't know what you said, yeah. Luke Combs. Holmes. Luke Combs. Mm-hmm. Luke Bryan's a guy though, right? Yeah. I know yep. my I know Luke my country shit. You know, people will, people will watch <laughs> this and be like, "This guy don't know country." I know fucking yeah, country. <laughs> I grew up in Pueblo. I know I know country, not as well as you know, like maybe like the next guy, but I know my shit. Yeah. But um, damn, I kind of lost my point. But um, Luke Bryan. Yeah. Luke you, Graham's Grill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how uh, you'll always play that shit. Totally. Um, no, I kind of lost it anyway. Still, <laughs> anyway, but um, that's fire, man. Like, I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Yeah, and you know this interview it's not your first interview but you said it's your best damn near i will say it's your best you know i i was doing a little bit of research you know but um this was kind of we only had like what i hit you up like six days ago yeah and you were so fucking fast to reply you personally man like that's awesome yeah and well appreciate it yeah
1: so and, and it honestly like i i'm so loyal to this town um and like, obviously I didn't know you until today. I mean, we talked on social, but, um, that it's just like, that's how fast, you know, like I consider you a friend. I'd love for you to come out to Nashville. Oh fuck. No. We're like, like,
0: no, we're friends, bro. We're yeah, friends. Like, totally. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. going to, yeah, no, we're going to definitely work after this. Yeah. 100%. Because we have the same mindsets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, no, I mean, it's, it's been a great experience. Like, you know, I think that you as well are on to bigger and better things. And like you know, considering the short amount of time that you've been doing it and you're grinding, like you told me what you, this is like your 50th episode or something or, Oh man, you're in that bunch.
0: I, I have on YouTube, you know, maybe four to two, but in the tuck, yeah. in the tuck, in the vault. So I started doing, um, Patreon episodes as well. Okay. So explicit content, you know, I'll have uh, exotic dancers, only fans models in here, cool. but we'll do like, um, and that's ex- explicit sick. podcasts, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. topless podcasts, stuff like that. But you have to pay to get those. And, but, that's a new avenue we got into the, for, for the new year yeah. got into music reviews um that's another one and then i start want i want to start producing podcasts for other people cool you know there's people in here in town that have you know really good uh ideas they just don't have the mics the computers mm-hmm. the lights and shit but like they got the personality you know and um for a podcast that's truly all you need yep like and if you're getting 20 views 120 20 30 views like I'm already monetized. We're making a penny per listen. So, like, awesome. Coming into like that machine already, quote unquote machine, like, it's a big, uh, it's a big help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll promote the shit out of this then.
0: Fuck yeah, bro. So, but, um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you back. Definitely. Do you want to shout yourself out for the camera one more time so where, yeah, they, where they can yeah, find you?
1: Absolutely. Um, like I said, I'm new and everything, so I'm not on, like, the streaming services yet, but I will be within the next month. Um, Keep a lookout for my song. That first single's coming out. Um, I hope I can make you guys fans of country music. And, uh, uh, yeah, but my name's Cody Cause. That's C-O-Z-Z. And uh, all my uh, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff is at Cody Cause Music. And uh, give me a follow because that'll help me out too. And so I Hmm. appreciate appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, you know, if you ever have questions whatsoever, like, you know, I'm an open book. Like I said, I'm not afraid to share my knowledge and stuff and like um you know i don't know how how deep i am as far as the the uh rap game goes but you know my connections are very very good and uh you know i can try to get you in venues and and stuff like that so um i support pueblo musicians and artists so much and uh You know, I think that it's, like we talked about, untapped potential. Pablo's been so good to me, and I want to return that favor in any way that I can. Um, Shout out to my team. You guys know who you are. And, uh, yeah, man, Street Champs is real. So, thank you. Hey, you heard it here
0: first, folks. All right, guys. Cody Cause, Street Champs, follow us on Patreon, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts. Shout out to our sponsors, Big Bear Liquors and Rocky Mountain Blades. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace.